This is the Dos Acero Podcast, a weekly show devoted to football in Mexico, the U.S., and beyond. If you are a pocho, regio, cholo, tigre, chilango, pull up a chair, crack open a cold one, and enjoy the next 90 minutes of heated football debate. Thus begins the Dos Acero Podcast. Good evening, everybody. Thank you guys for joining us. This is the Dos Acero Podcast, uh, Yamerito Production. My name is John Jagu. I am coming to you tonight from, uh, right now, from the streets of Austin. I just got done working at a basketball game, and I'm on my way home. But uh, as always, we have a very colorful cast of characters with us tonight. Uh, a lot of topics to discuss, and of course, we'd uh, love to have you guys uh, join us. So uh, please feel free to leave your questions or comments live on our YouTube page, and we'll uh, try and answer those as quickly as we can, as expeditiously as possible, as it were. A lot of topics to cover tonight, like I said. Uh, among the things we're going to cover is the upcoming uh, draw for Copa America Centenario. We'll be talking about that. Also going to be talking uh, with our, our, our special correspondents about the, uh, the latest, I would say, the, the latest mess that is happening at uh, one of the storied teams in, in Liga MX. Of course, we're talking about Chivas and their uh, crisis uh, of the week, crisis du jour. Seems like they're always in crisis. They're, at least they have been for the past, I don't know, 40 years or so. We'll be discussing that. Uh, also, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Juan Carlos Osorio and his visit with uh, Giovanni Los Santos to see if, uh, if Giovanni has what it takes to uh, get back into national team form. Some say he does, some say he doesn't. That's the discussion that we'll have. And we're going to talk about Copa Libertadores. I think that we got a game going on right now. Um, can't really tell you all what the score is right now because, like I said, I'm in my car. I'm sure that some of our our panel will uh, will update us on what's happening. I think Toluca had scored, if I'm not mistaken. But we'll, we'll talk about that as well. And, of course, we'll talk about some other things. But uh, before we get on to that, we, we should probably uh, talk about who is on the show with us tonight. And without further ado, if I'm not mistaken, on our show tonight, we have up in Connecticut, we have uh, Christian. Christian Velez, how are you, sir? Hey, John, how you doing, man? I'm all right. Uh, nothing to complain about so far, but we'll see how that plays out for the rest of the night. Well, there's uh, always room for complaints, as we all know. Over in uh, southern Travis County, or I'm actually in Hayes County before I uh, talk about Travis County, in Kyle, Texas, we have uh, Albert El Chiquiscampa, now a, a grizzly journalist who covers uh, the Mexican national team. How are things out in Kyle? Hey, things are good. Uh, it's 1-0, Toluca. They're down. They're down to ten men. Still scored a goal to to take the lead. Apparently, are they at the are they at the Bonbonera? They, uh, yes. Yes. On the road. No, they're they're at home. They're at home. Okay. Well, good news for Toluca fans. Then Toluca won zero in their first game in the Copa Libertadores. Over in uh, Arizona, a gentleman who knows all sort of things about net GUIs and SMTPs and any other acronym that I have no idea what it means, I just uh, call him up and say, hey, what, what does this mean? Of course, I'm talking about Fernando Regino. How are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Good. Are you, are you enjoying uh, uh, Guadalajara's uh, 
immortal run in Copa MX, see if they can get get a, get another title. They have a good chance of getting the doblete at Copa MX. So, and you know, the only reason why this is a crisis for Chivas is because an Argentinian's in the coach. So we'll talk about that more later. Okay, we will we will get into that uh, more, and then of course up in uh, up in Philadelphia, we have a, a resident uh, our resident Texan, a Houstonian. Sounds kind of like Ted Cruz. If you hear Ted Cruz speak and you listen to this gentleman speak, you go, you know what? They might come from the same neighborhood. Of course, I'm talking about Ronnie DeLuna. Hey, how you doing, John? Now, uh, Ted Cruz, he's Canadian. I don't speak with those A. Oh, so you don't have a, you don't have a Winnipeg accent like he does? Which no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't. I understand. No. I understand completely. And of course, uh, later on, we'll have uh, our, our resident uh, Chiba and Chismoso. Uh, Joel Aceves will be joining us from California. And how interesting is it that uh, the gentleman who who lost his bet early, uh, and because of some of the results we had last week, Daniel Preciado, is not on the call. How interesting. How interesting that he's not on the call with us tonight. Yeah, what a coincidence, huh? Yeah, he, he said that he paid his debts to Pern. Of course, if you all don't know, last week, Pern was so confident that, that Monterrey would beat Santos that he gave the win and the tie, the win and the tie. If, if they tied, he would lose the bet. He was so confident in the win. And, of course, Monterrey did, did just that, and they're atop the, they're atop the Liga and making standings along with Pachuca. But we'll Any talk about end? that later. Go ahead, go ahead, Fernando, please. No, I, I, I must give you your moment. By all no, means. No, <laughs> no problem. I was just going to say that Dan did ended up paying up, so props to him. <laughs> he did so. pay out. And of course, as you all know, the bet was twenty thousand dollars. So <laughs> congratulations to Dan for for thank you for making good on, well, his on, wife, on such an well, elaborate. His bet. wife is not going to be happy that he just emptied out the bank account. Hey man, it's it's only actually in California. It's like what four mortgage payments, but in, you know everywhere else in the world in the country, you know it's about it's about a year, year and a half. Seriously. Uh, anyway, but let's uh, let's uh, first talk about and again uh, for you folks that are. Uh, watching us live on YouTube, please uh, give us your questions or comments and we'll try and get to those. First thing we want to talk about, and I think it's something that's uh, a very interesting topic, it's something that we're going to see on Sunday. It's actually going to be on both Univision and on Fox Sports 1, and that's going to be the draw for the Copa America. Uh, for you folks that don't know, uh, Copa America Centenario is going to be played here in the U.S. Uh, uh, this summer in uh, venues sprinkled across the country. Uh, for Comunabol, of course, uh, we talked about tickets uh, a couple of weeks ago, but uh, the draw is coming up, and I'm trying to understand, and maybe you guys can help me, and uh, well, I know the reasons, as to why uh, Chile, the reigning Copa America champion, is not a group seed, yet Mexico, the U.S., and Argentina, and Brazil are, and then Chile is lumped in the, the second pot with... Uh, <coughs> With I believe Uruguay, Paraguay, and Colombia, if I'm not mistaken. So, okay, John, I can help you with that real quick. Please, I, please do. I, I was I was wondering the same when when uh, when the heads of the groups were announced, and apparently the way this worked out was that uh, Concacaf and Conmebol got together and sorted out a way to decide the groups, and what they ended up deciding on was simply uh, using uh, historical context. Brazil being uh, the, the, the winningest team in South American history with five World Cups, followed by Argentina, 
And then since this is also going to be including CONCACAF teams, they decided to include the, the two essentially higher profile teams from our side of the continent. Mexico being the only uh, CONCACAF team to have uh, any sort of official FIFA trophies. Uh, and by those, I mean the 1999 Confederations Cup and uh, the 2012 Olympic gold medal, which is, in fact, considered an Olympic, uh, I mean, a, a FIFA uh, tournament. I mean, it, it has been since 2008. Uh, so that that's the reason they used. And it is strange because Chile just won the tournament. And you would think that they would be allowed to uh, have some sort of say in this, but but apparently not. So it's highest FIFA ranking? Is that what? Yeah. Chile, Chile doesn't deserve it, uh, to be honest with you. They barely tied a B-team me Mexican team in one of the best games in the tournament, so they didn't deserve to hold, to be a top seed. No, they, they deserve it more than, than the USA and Mexico, in my opinion. Well, well oh, USA, hold, yes. hold, hold on, hold on. If they were going with the historical context, then it would be – it would be uh, actually, it would be uh, – uh, Uruguay, because, yeah, yep. Uruguay, because they have more, they have the most uh, South American titles. Uh, I think and they, two World Cups, and two World Cups, obviously, yeah. and I, and they have two two Olympics. You know, they they, you know, they won the you, Olympics. Both of y'all are trying, and and I appreciate y'all's uh, uh, trying to decipher the reasoning. The reason that Argentina, same, Brazil, the U.S., and Mexico are, are group seeds is because they want to sell as many tickets as possible. Exactly. exactly. It's it's the same it's it's the same premise that uh, you know the Giants the Giants Cup that Blazer wanted where the tournament was based just on the the popularity of teams like the you know Copa de Gigantes the Giants Cup yeah. which America obviously won but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> it's and you know John is right it's the same thing you know they want to make sure that Brazil, Argentina, Mexico and and the US Sell the most amount of tickets, and you know, spread out uh, across the U.S. Well, you got to wonder how detrimental that's actually going to be for the USA and Mexico, because that only guarantees that you're going to have some really tough groups. You're going to have some seriously compact and, and very competitive groups. Whereas, oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you going to pull over? John? John's going to pull over. I thought he was after me. I thought he was after me. <laughs> Driving while Mexican. Well, yeah, pretty much. Driving while cheap. Um, <laughs> there's no, there's no way to make sense of this, really. I mean, uh, I know uh, the dude. I mean, there, there's, there's every way to make sense of it. If they want to make money, period. I mean, this right, whole tournament, this whole content. tournament is designed for Conmebol to make as much as possible. Oh, and they will. They absolutely will. And that's why I wouldn't be surprised if we see another variation of this tournament. Maybe not in four years, but eight years from now, they might just bring it back just because. There's so much money to be made. I, I, it's going to be it's gonna be Gold Cup and, and, and Copa America eventually is going to merge. Well, one of them, yes. One of them will and merge. And if it's going to be... It every two years, you're right. And it's going to be a 16-team tournament. I mean, they should, this should have been a 16-team tournament. You know, it because, is a 16-team tournament. It is. Uh, it is. It, it, yeah. Oh, that's right. That's right. It is. It is. It is. Because uh, there's four. There's four. There's four pots. There's four. Yeah, that's there's right. Ten and there's six. It's Mexico, U.S., Haiti, Jamaica, Costa Rica, and Panama, right? Yes. Correct. Yeah. In fact, yes. uh, Chiki's, do you have the uh, the list of the other pots? I got it. Inform our audience. If uh, Beto's not ready, I'll, I'll give it to you. What you, got, what you got, Christian? Okay. So pot one is obviously the the heads of the groups: USA, Mexico, Argentina, and Brazil. 
Part two, very interesting. Colombia, Chile, Ecuador, and Uruguay. Uh, part three, um, Costa Rica, Haiti, Jamaica, and Panama. And the last part, which is part four, Bolivia, Paraguay, Peru, and Venezuela. So, you're gonna, like I said, you're going to end up with some pretty tight groups. So we're going to have two groups and, and have two, two CONCACAF teams. And then and then and then right. one and then the other two groups are only gonna have one. Right. right. Simply because it's a numbers game at this point, you know. So you're gonna have you're guaranteed I think Mexico will end up with probably two uh teams from Conmebol. Uh on Well yeah, on the, yeah, there's no question they will. Right, yeah. I hope they get Panama though. I hope so. Well, I, I don't know, man. I think that like I said, I mean it's gonna it's gonna make for some some good uh it's going to be a good tournament, I think, quality-wise, despite the fact that you're going to have some teams that won't bring some of their players. But I do think that this is a good chance, uh, you know, for some of these teams to work out some of the kinks they're, they're having uh, for uh, welcome qualifiers, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, I remember back in 2009 when Bosco took over the team from Mexico and, and he had the good fortune – and, and you know the same thing happened in 2001 when he had the uh, the gold cup when he g g had the no it was the Copa America in Colombia, and then he gets the gold cup in 2009 and of course he had a bunch of you know young players kind of a different dynamic but he did but he kind of did have the same opportunity to to get his team fine tuned and he ended up that's right uh, you know at least qualifying and of course you know he, he, the rest you know of the story I, yeah because in 2009 uh, after the whole fiasco with Sven Goran Eriksson. Uh, Gio and Vela were not really considered, you know, uh, you know, senior team material. They weren't really playing. Um, Vasco comes in, brings him back onto the team during the Gold Cup, adds in Pablo Arreta, Frank Juarez, you know, and these guys became uh, sort of spark plugs for, you know, for the World Cup the next year. So, you know, there was the benefit for him in, in that sense. And uh, Osorio might, you know, I don't know because you know Mexico does have the Olympics as well, so it's going to be interesting. Yeah, but the Olympics are not till August, so it's not like you know you're going to be burning, burning a guy for for you know especially one of the, some of the. I mean, I don't know if anyone's going to play both. I don't think but, so. Uh, I, I some of the. I mean, somebody like Chucky who, you know, might start the Olympics but be a reserve on the, on the on the Copa America team. I mean, I don't think what you know that they'll have any issues with. Uh, yeah, I, with I don't know. That. Okay, so. But from the sounds of it, it looks like Mexico could. Uh, well, I guess any country. I mean, you know, there there could be a pretty a pretty hairy group. You could get like a Chile, a Costa Rica, and uh, and a Paraguay. I mean, that's you know, that's a, that, that 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 is not a pleasant group. I mean, I think that wow. what this tournament's going to do, I think, is it, kind of like what it did for Mexico back in '93. I think it's going to show that the, that the, that the level of play in Concacaf is actually pretty good. So I mean I I expect uh, you know out of, out of the eight quarterfinalists it wouldn't surprise me if three or four and of course we we'll also you know determine as to who's going to take the tournament seriously but it wouldn't surprise me at all if three or four of the um, of the of the quarterfinalists end up being Concacaf teams and hopefully finally it'll it'll put to rest this ridiculous notion that I keep hearing over and over and over and over again. How Concacaf is the you know the weakest region in in in, in the world you know, and it just well, it, it drives me crazy. Well, you know it's one of those things where I think that um, 
there are some teams in, in South America that are struggling right now. Uh, Chile, Colombia, for example. I don't see, uh, especially Chile now with a new coach, in my opinion, these are these are teams that are going to bring probably the best they can bring because they need sort of a, a, a kick up the butt to, to get their qualifying campaign back on a ro- on track because, you know, Colombia right now I think is in seventh place. You know, and this is a team that just came from making the quarterfinals in Brazil. And it's now looking like a possibility where they might not even qualify for the next World Cup. And, and people will say, well, it's a little early for that, but it's really not because in South America – it gets harder and harder to make up the ground that you lose, you know, and they don't have the benefit of having a host like Brazil was in 2014 where they didn't have to qualify. So there was nine teams looking for four and a half spots, essentially, you know. They don't have the benefit now. So I feel like some of these teams are going to take this very seriously, you know. And Ecuador, for example, want to maintain that momentum that they've built up, you know, and maybe get their players together for a month. I mean, that's that's a benefit that most national teams don't have. I mean, none of these national teams have that benefit unless it comes to tournaments. So I don't, I mean, in a way, it's like I don't see why they wouldn't take it seriously in that sense. You know, I'm, you know, curious, I'm curious to see how Argentina's going to play because, you know, as good as Messi has been, you know, he's, you know, he has this gigantic albatross hanging around his neck that he hasn't been able to win uh, a, a trophy for his, uh, for his national team since he's at least on the senior side of things. I know he won a, a gold medal back in 08 yeah. at, the, at the Beijing Olympics, but so I mean, how, if Argentina takes, I think you know, I think everyone's going to take it. So I think it's going to be a fun tournament. I think, I think it's going to be one of these where you know the group stage is going to be wide open, and then you know probably starting with the semifinals, I think we're going to see teams kind of not you know bear down and 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 and, and, and then play a little bit more. Well, especially for Argentina because Argentina comes from losing two back-to-back finals, the World Cup right. final. And the they they need they need to you know they got there's a good chance for them to uh, sort of stamp their authority and, and maybe you know get a little momentum getting back into World Cup qualifying. So I, I the more that you analyze, the more you look at it, there is very little reason for some teams to not take it seriously. Now speaking of, of Lionel Messi, he uh, kind of was embroiled in a bit of a I guess one would call it a controversy, but I did think it was interesting and in how people reacted to the penalty that he took. Um, last Sunday in their game, uh, their victory against Celta Vigo. For you folks who haven't seen it, uh, Leonel Messi had a penalty kick. Instead of uh, taking the, the, the shot on goal, he just uh, kind of tapped it to the side and let uh, Luis Suarez come into the area and clean up the mess and score the goal. Now, people said that that was a, a lack of respect to the other team. I've heard uh, you know, people saying, you know what, it's you know, it's a, uh, it's a free kick. You can do whatever you want with it. You don't have to necessarily shoot it at all. The whole, this whole Messi, this whole, was it Messi medio? Is that, is that how long Chivas has gone without scoring? Everything yes. that Barca that, <laughs> that that yeah, does is a disrespect to all the because they're just that good. They, you know, you just can't, they're, they're the best team out there. And, you know. Th- that's not the argument, Fernando. The argument is that. Uh, in fact, uh, one of the Celta Vigo players, you know, when Messi took that shot, you know, the penalty shot and, you know, that trick, you know, shot, they, you know, he asked him, I said, hey, did you take, would have, would you have taken that shot if, it, if the game was 1-1? And, you know, he took the shot. They took that when it was 3-1, basically to make it 4-1 in the 80th minute. Yeah, you know, the, that's good. The, the, no, the critique is that there comes a point. There comes a point where you don't need to do that because 
because of the possibility that a player may retaliate. Well, yeah, but that's, you know, that's for someone, problem. for someone, Ronnie, who loves the violence of the game, you, I, you, I'm not, I'm not, I'm welcome not, an expected kind. I, I don't mind watching it. I'll watch it. Because you I, love I, the retaliation. Yeah, you yeah. love that, man. I do. I do. I'm not gonna lie, but I'm just saying is, like, you know, if they're gonna, if 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 they're gonna do that, and then a Pepe or a Marcelo. Or whoever may be, he's gonna go out there and he's gonna hack the shit out of a, out of a Neymar or out of a Messi. You know, don't complain. Well, I think the, let me play devil's advocate for a second here. I think that I think that if a team like Barcelona is up by two goals and they take the foot off the pedal, to me that's disrespectful. I think that's disrespectful because that then it's pretty much like the, everybody sort of agrees that that we are we're we're better than you and there's 15 minutes left to go and I'm just gonna we're gonna pass the ball around and. You know, to me, that's disrespectful. In this case, the the question we should ask is: Would they would they have done that had they been playing, you know, Real Madrid, or would it would that have happened in a Champions League game, in a quarterfinal, in a semifinal? I think the answer is no. That they wouldn't do that in those instances. So in that in that context, it can be seen as disrespectful. But I'm looking at it more like from a point of view that, you know, like from what I, what I've read is that there's a there's a there's a theory. That the whole play was simply a tribute to Johan Cruyff. You know, no, the timing is whatever. But Celta, I mean, Celta, Celta de Vigo beat Barcelona in the fifth match day of yeah, the same right. season, four-one. So maybe, maybe they wanted to, that's you know, right. ret- return the favor. But they deserve again, it. Uh, no, again, at four, you know, make it four-one in the 80th minute. The game's already won. They're gonna get, you know, you're gonna get people that are gonna, you know, obviously the thing with happened with uh, what's his name, uh, Bilbao. Earlier yeah, but you know this... what? But 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 your argument is there. It's kind of the same argument that the idiots on uh, Univision had about uh, about Andres Guardado not taking the penalty kicks yeah, 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 yeah. in Panama. Oh, they shouldn't take them because you know it it, it ruins the integrity of the game. Uh, I don't no, think what no, Messi it, did it, ruin the integrity of the game. It, no, 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 no. Different. What what, what 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 the same? We're talking apples and oranges here. Apples and oranges. We're not. What are the other? It's the same. It's, not, it's the same no, rationale. It's not. It's not because it's the thing because is, he's not. Guardado. Have... Guardado is not making fun. Guardado is not making fun of any Panamanian player. Turn your it's retort. Just... Well, he was. He was. He. They're also fooling the team. They're just playing with them. They're messing around. It's, it's humiliating. Like if I was on that team, you're getting beat already. Okay. Re- re- remember what is it in the 2013 uh, Confederations Cup? Uh, Spain played that team from Oceania and they beat them like what 10 nothing, 10 one or something Tahiti. like that. Hey, yeah, yeah, Tahiti. And you know, Spain and Del Bosque beforehand said, you know, we're going to take this game serious. And a lot of the press, a lot of the press was asking, "Are you gonna guys gonna take it easy on this guy?" And I think, if I recall, it was uh, Sergio Ramos who said, "No, that 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 would be disrespectful. We're gonna play them, and we're gonna play them like we would any other team." Yeah, and that's the, score, the thing. They exactly, would have done that exactly. Season. But but if you see how the game was played and how they played the game, yes, obviously they were, they they ran up the score, and no one is talking about running up the score. You're supposed to do that in soccer because of you know goal differential and stuff. But you know when when Spain you know. Beat the crap out of that team. They did it in a way where, okay, boom, they scored the goal. They wouldn't, they wouldn't really celebrate. Okay, just business as usual. We got to get, you know, we got a couple more, you know. They were nice enough to give him a handshake after 
Well, the, the guy, least, well, at least the, the guys, reach around, at least the, the reach the guy, around. The guy, yeah, the guys, <laughs> the guys from the guys from the Oceana. I mean, they were just in awe because they were playing against the greatest. They're world. idols, yeah. They were, exactly. They were, you know, and they, they, you watch them every week, and it's like, why wouldn't you just sit so, around? And watch so them? you know, they were happy that you know, for them, it was okay. This is where we are. This is where they at. Hey, Santa you know. Vigo should be thankful they get to play teams like Barcelona. You know, they'd be able to smell their shoes. Like, oh my God, can I have that shoe? Please, please. I'm just saying, after, I'm just saying. After they did that play on them, you know? All, I, all I'm saying is, okay, fine, you can do that. But when you, but when a, you know, when another player starts hacking the shit out of you, don't complain. Don't write a letter to the, to the, to the, know, the, the Royal Federation. There's no Federation. question that there might be some retaliation. I'm sure that that could happen. You know, you know the way I see it is, it, is it a penalty? You know, yes, it's from a the specific spot on the field, but it's still nothing more than a free kick, right? So you can do whatever you want with it. And in this case, and you know, and, and frankly, if you've seen the way the Barcelona is taking penalties this year, maybe doing it that way actually may have been a little better because they have not been good at taking penalty kicks this year. So what, what I, mean, they I, have I certainly understand how, how you know one might possibly consider maybe using a little bit of violence as a as a form of retaliation. But the thing about Messi is is that you know, I think back to when I was watching soccer as a kid and the and the team that I compare Barcelona most to was the uh, the the AC Milan of the of of the late eighties. With Rodrigo Sanchez, we're just we're just unbelievably. What they had the three Dutch guys and half yeah, the Italian national team. And, yeah, Saki, uh, Saki Saki was the coach. Yeah, and they were they they were they were just incredible. The big difference was then is that soccer was so much more violent that play you know Hulit and uh, and Marco van Basten as good as they were were constantly injured and their and the injuries were caused by by the physical play by by the fact that the refs and just the, just the cynicism of uh, the cynicism of the uh, of, of of the style of play at the time which is just awful you know okay. I see Lionel Messi and yeah he gets hacked there's no question but he they you know, I think he's earned the they respect they, well they, they do. They, but they he also gets them. up. He doesn't around. He, excuse me. No, he doesn't they, mess around. They they protect you out of Barcelona players. Now, here's another thing. If that was, if that I want, you know, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. If that was Cristiano Ronaldo and Real Madrid, would they be calling this? Oh, what a spectacular play! No, no he would, would be. He would be vilified. Exactly. Exactly. But because he's not same, good same enough. Uh, you know no, what? Same, it's warranted because when he when he does something like same, that, you know, he's a dick. Same conditions. Same conditions. Now, again, if 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 Messi and them would have done that. When the game is one-one or two-one, okay, boom, all right, you, you get a pass. But when it's in the 80th, here's, 80th, here's 80th, the biggest in, difference between the two. Go ahead, I'll finish. When, I'll when it's in your... the 80th, when it's in the 80th minute, and you're making it four-one, and the game's already in the bag, at that point, you're 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 being a dick. I agree. And, and hey, but being, it worked though, right? They scored two more goals uh, after that. Well, yeah, you're right, you're right. But at that point, is like I said, you know, don't complain. Don't go to the refs. Don't go to the officiating committee. I don't when, think any of them did. When, when, well, no, Barcelona actually, uh, Barcelona actually wanted uh, those uh, those commentators uh, reprimanded because they said, you know, from you know the ex Real Madrid commentator that basically justified uh, what's his name's uh, uh, the guy that Isco, Harry, yeah, Isco, Isco versus when, Neymar. Yeah, he he said, okay, don't don't complain when that happens. If, no, if well, you're, it if, was you're gonna, if you're gonna complaint. if you're gonna provoke if you're gonna provoke that type of you know that that play, don't complain when you get when you when they start hacking your players at the end of the game. All well, right. Now the difference between uh, Lionel Messi and and Cristiano is that you know Lionel Messi never never 
craves the attention. He, he he never does things to bring attention to himself. He just he's not that kind of player. He never has been. I don't think he ever will be. You know, he scores a goal and he'll point to the sky and he'll hug his players. Ronaldo scores a goal, rips his shirt off, and literally points to himself or to his name, say, "Did you see what I do?" <laughs> hey, speaking. I'm being of- totally serious. I'm being totally serious. Speaking so, of- I, yeah. Oh, I get it. Yeah, everybody knows that that he's like narcissist, man, big time. I, I so gotta- if Ronaldo had tried that, yeah, I think I think that that the, that the criticism would have been much harsher. There is no question. Hey, I got a clip of but- the great one. Speaking of the great uh, CR7, uh, he's talking about MSN. If you want to hear it, hit it. Hay a quien se le llena la boca diciendo que el gran rendimiento de la MSN, Messi, Neymar y, y Suárez es que son amigos, que tienen una amistad increíble y que vosotros, la BBC, Bale, Benzema y Cristiano, no os lleváis tan bien y que por eso no rendís tanto. ¿Tú crees que la amistad entre los compañeros es tan importante? A mí eso no... Por ejemplo, te voy a contar una, una situación. Por ejemplo, en Manchester, yo estaba en Manchester, ganamos la Champions. Yo no hablaba con Paul Scholes, con Giggs y con Ferdinand. Y llegábamos dentro del campo y teníamos un equipo estupenda. Hablábamos para lo normal, buenos días y tal. Eso, eso para mí no quiere decir nada. Yo no tengo que cenar con Benzema o, o Bel que venga a mi casa a cenar. Eso para mí no es lo más importante. Lo más importante es dentro del campo. Ser, ser muchos compañeros. Uh, sabemos lo que queremos, sabemos lo que jugamos. Eso de comiditas fuera y, y abracitos y besitos, eso para mí no cuenta para nada. Lo que es importante dentro del campo es hacer en que el equipo gane. Eso. Ah, there's the great one, man. Hey, I actually, I have something to say about that. Because uh, there was like a little bit of, actually the bigger country, hold on hey, one second. Hold on, Fernando, one second. What did, say something about, what, what did he say about the BBC? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Okay, well, check this out. Like, the real controversy on that penalty kick was that the fact that, believe it or not, they, according to Neymar, they were practicing for that penalty kick for like the whole week. And uh, I, apparently, uh, Neymar was the one who was supposed to be the one kicking it in, but, you know, Luis Suarez got a ho- ahead of him and scored it instead. And you know, I don't know if that that was already a cause of concern in the locker room with that whole situation. Okay, you know, well, yeah, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, Christian. I was going to say, like, if do you think Messi would have done that if if there wasn't a big difference between him and Ronaldo in the, in the scoring table, like if they were tied, like if this was like two games left in the season, you know? I, I, don't, think, I don't think Messi cares about that, honestly. I, yeah, I agree to a degree, but like I, I'm kind of with you, man. I, I really don't think it's a big deal or as big a deal as people want to make it out to be. I think it's just another talking point for uh, for people like us that have nothing else to do than to talk about stuff like this. You know and that goal? That goal for a while. That goal for the penalty kick was supposed to be uh, Messi's 300th goal, and he decided to give it away. He absolutely doesn't care about his own records. I think he'll get another opportunity to score his 300th goal. He did today. Yep. Classic messy goal. He kind of cuts in from the side, just wraps his foot around it, tucks it in the bottom corner. You never get tired of seeing goals like that. To me, those are the best kinds of goals. Fair enough. Uh, did you uh, have uh, one last thing to say about this, uh, Ronnie? Or are you? Uh, are we going to go ahead and put this 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 non-issue to bed? Oh, it's not an issue to me. I don't I don't care one way or another. But I'm just saying, you know, prepare. Be prepared. You know, it's you know if you're gonna provoke players and if you're gonna you know try to humiliate them and you're gonna try to you know you know make them your bitch, 
they're going to retaliate. And don't, com- don't complain if it happens. Ah, so, such a social justice if you, warrior. If you humiliate the guy in the yard, he's going to shiv you in the back when you guys are walking back to the pen. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. We will, uh, we'll keep an eye on that. We'll keep an eye on that. You know, it's too bad that, uh, that, that, that Joel is not on the line with us tonight because we yeah. have had a... He, he is, he is. He just came on. What's up, my mean? Hello? <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, hey, changing, <laughs> hey, uh, hey, Joel, did you, uh, did you see the interview with uh, that Shanique Berman? Uh, the obvious answer as to why Chivas are in, which, which of course is, uh, is Jorge Vergara, he went on a media rampage after the loss of Leon. He was on the radio, he was on the TV, he was giving exclusivas to anyone that would take him. The guy wanted to make sure to tell the story again to deflect criticism off himself. You know what, you know, this time yeah. it's not the coaches yeah, or no, the front he, office. He, did, it, he did exactly what he was not supposed to do, and that was throw the players under the bus this early in the season. You know what I mean? And, and really <laughs> air out the dirty laundry like that. That was just a terrible move. you got to wonder who are the PR people at, at, at Chivas because, I mean. Who's going to tell them now? Well, I, yeah, I understand. I mean, I work, I mean, and I know none of the people I work for listen to this, believe me, but I work for someone that's kind of like that, and it and it's like, it's very frustrating. I, I, I understand that, but at the same time, it's like, I don't feel like you need someone to tell you, hey, listen, it's like three games and four games into the season. Like, you don't, maybe you don't do this right now. Maybe you don't go and throw the players under the bus this early. He he threw what El Gulit Peña under the and bus. Omar Bravo. Omar, and Omar Bravo. Bravo. Yeah. I mean, some you know, and I made a comment to to Hell about this. I think it was yeah, Hell. You know, they said that uh, that the uh, you know America was always known for uh, what ruining players' careers. And you know, right now you have uh, Gulit Peña and you have what's his name, uh, Conejo. What's his name? Brizuela. That are basically just, you know, lost. Um, there, yeah, there's a lot of players you could add to that list. But I, I wanted to comment on something that La Puente had said a few years back. And he said, uh, he was talking about the Mexican national team, and he said that Mexican players need constant reassurances. And uh, I think when, you know, Vergara did something similar a few years back with Marco Fabian which was right after the Olympics, he said he's not he's not leaving until he wins a championship. Yeah. And I had posted in the forum about how that was going to um, end up bad because you're putting all the pressure on that player that hadn't, you know, he hadn't been the type of player to carry the team. And now you're, you're basically, you know, you have a team where they had been selling off its talent, not replacing it, and now, now you have... And and Marco Fabian just just went on, you know, he was downhill from there on. Yeah, that's true. Now is it is it uh, one thing? Hell, hell, did um, El Guli Peña? Did I read right? It does, is he having problems like with his like heel or his plantar? He yeah, has plantar fasciitis in both feet apparently. They're saying a bunch of stuff recently, which which I, it's it's kind of ironic. It, it, or, um, this is all coming out of like all of a sudden there's all yeah, these. Yeah, all of out. a sudden, all of yeah. a sudden, um, if you read, 
if you see uh, Cancha, Cancha has a section from yeah. uh, San Cavilla, and he, he talked about like how good it was. Basically, when they, when Leon sold him because he's damaged goods, that uh, he just preferred to party than, than to like. Drop ten million dollars in a player—that's something you would know like ahead of time. Well, the, the doctor. The, well, the, remember their doctor is not on board right now. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Well, that was that was in the morning, and then um, I think it was yesterday, and then uh, in the afternoon, uh, Raza Deport. I mean, not Raza. I was uh, Jorge okay. Ramos. You had Keith talking about how he had like. Insider info that Gullit was a drunkard. So I'm like, man, now, <laughs> all in the same day, you know, different sources just putting him on blast. Yeah, so, 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 Gullit Peña basically it has that uh, that plantar fasciitis or whatever it's called. So, <laughs> is, is that is is it that or is it the, his wait, body wait, language and again? his body posture? Wait, wait, what, what was it called him? again? What Fair. vagina is what? Say it in Greek, man. <laughs> planter, planter, whatever. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? If I'm not mistaken... Is, is that affecting his body language? Is it, is it, hey, it's called bibicitis. Uh, no, you know what? You know what? I think that's what uh, Enrique Serra had, and he was never the same. El paleta? Yeah. No, yeah. planter fasciitis is awful. It is a terrible, terrible thing. It is. It, 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 it affects it body like posture, seven weeks body to get language. To, yeah. to, to paleta's credit, though... He is the second Mexican player to score a hat trick in Copa Libertadores. Oh yeah, that's right. That was like and, the best thing he, he did. He had the star course to make the 2018 World Cup team. Do you guys remember yeah, yeah. the first? Do you remember the first guy to do it? Uh, was it Temoc? No. No, no. Palencia. The, the Mexican. Uh, Pastor, Pastor, el Pastor Lozano. No. No, no, no. <laughs> el Tato Noriega. No. Uh, Omar Bravo. Wait, who they call that? Like, remember guys come in Dieta and it was a Mexican player that looked oh, like him? Yeah, that's right. I just remember he looked Nobody like remembers. Him. Nobody remembers. Nobody. It could have been. It could have been Noriega. He had a really good season and, and they left him out of the World Cup. Yeah. But, you know, uh, you know, Tim Duncan for the Spurs gets that plantar fasciitis and he's usually out for, you Months. know, a month, six weeks when he gets it. Yeah. It is. It, have, you, have you guys ever had it? it? It's it's like a it's like a it's like you've sprained your arch, and it is just unbelievably painful. But you you know well, like, like being Chivas, you automatically it's get that. Fun. No, you know you're not talking about like like Gullet. I, I think that the Chivas messed up in that before they signed him, they should have really talked to him. You know, so I, you, I don't feel like they. Well, the, the, your arches, your arches usually, your arches usually cramp up after happy releases, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> and he should have no well, problem. Well, that depends on how good the podologa was. <laughs> maybe that's what, it, maybe that's what happened. The podologa <laughs> left, and you know that, and then Julio started getting the plantar fasciitis. Yeah, no more happy endings, I guess. Yeah, um, no happy endings. See, they, they need, they need La Volpe to come back, man. Well, that's the thing. If you look at the string of coaches that have gone through Chivas the past two years, like it's always the same problem. It, and, and you know, in my opinion, Chivas sort of exemplifies everything that's wrong with Mexican youth development to ev at every level. They don't score a lot of goals. They create a lot of chances. They don't put them away, and they always get scored on in some really ridiculously stupid play 
where one of the center backs or a defender or a midfielder takes their eye off the ball, and next thing you know, they're two goals down, and they scramble to get a goal back, and it just piles on for them, and it just keeps piling on. And that's – they don't have a goal scorer. I mean, Omar Bravo, we were, we were talking about it a few months ago when there was talk about him going to the national team. Why doesn't he go to the national team? Because he's not national team material. He was in a hot streak, and he, and he, and he helped out. But he's not the kind of guy at his age that is going to help Chivas get out of the funk that they're in. But who else is there? Who else do they have? They don't have anybody else that can put the ball in the back of the net. The other guys are too young. They, they have gone over – you know, Chivas has gone through 30 coaching changes. Uh, in 14 years. In 14 years, they have that gone through four, four administrative changes. Okay, so four, you know. What is the common uh, denominator and, there, you know? You, you Vergara, know, Vergara. Yeah, you know why? Plain and Wait, simple. You, that's it. You, you know what? One one thing is, he he lets people that aren't, you know, that aren't um, that aren't involved in soccer. He, Make he puts them in high position. Yeah. Yeah. So you had like, you had Angelica Puentes at one time, you know, and, and yeah. she was, was vice president for player development. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, how is she now? Like still. You know, linked to football. I mean, you, you're not. You're not gonna hear. And there, there's been other people that came in to, from only life, and, yeah. and don't, don't make up positions. You know. Well, that's like, the thing. It's like uh, to me, it's like uh, it's like a weird sort of Mexican version of American Psycho. The whole thing with the business cards. It seems like he brings people in, and they just sit around and talk about their business cards and how their business cards look and the titles on the business cards. And that's the thing is, like, nothing happens on the field. Everything gets worse, and these guys sit around drinking their brandy and smoking their cigars and, and talking about damn business cards. Like, obviously something isn't working, and the only common denominator is Jorge Vergara. But, you know, the, I mean, you that's know, their why personnel were, moves don't work. I think that uh, uh, Ronnie was going to make up a point about, about Hulik when they asked him, you know, they should have asked him, do you want to go to Chivas? And his answer would have been flatly no. But, you know, unfortunately he doesn't have a say. Or maybe, maybe he – I don't know, maybe he – Saw the dollar signs and uh, or, or or whatever it was, but I mean he I mean he he cried at his press conference when he said goodbye to Leon. I didn't think he wanted to leave, and I don't know if he had a choice. Uh, no, he obviously didn't have a choice, and that's the thing. You bring in a player against his will, not literally against his will, but he's you know he's not really convinced about going there. And I don't. And the thing is, like when you think about it, why would any Mexican player with the potential? Because the guys that are going to achieve us are guys that are at least national team material, or at least in the periphery. And with that said, there are also guys that are probably looking to go to Europe at some point. Why would these guys, anybody in the Mexican League, in Liga MX, why would they want to go to Chivas right now? That's because his, they, yeah. he, start, he he was just saying his career flashed before his eyes. That's why he was crying, man. <laughs> well, remember that Gulli was came up through Pachuca, and, and he wasn't able to stick around, even though Pachuca five years ago isn't what it is today when it comes to youth development and, and the way that they, they allow players to have chances on, uh, with the first team. But he had to go to Leon to sort of resuscitate his career uh, at the age of, like, 20. So in a way, it's like, yeah, why would he want to leave when he – literally everything that he is as a player, he did at Leon. But, you, you know, know interestingly, with, in that same uh, San Cadilla article, it talked about that even in the World Cup, that uh, for whatever reason, the, uh, the coaches uh, – Bioko included thought that that that, that Hulit, for whatever reason just was not responding to the level of play that they needed to have. They thought that he was getting that he was too scared to play, 
and you might have been overwhelmed, yeah. Yeah, seriously considering, you know, cutting the guy before the tournament. They ended up not, and he ended up getting a, you know a few minutes where he actually didn't you know didn't do too bad. No, he, remember, he Croatia, was going to be he the, like he was minutes, be the yeah. starter. He was he was penned in as as the starting midfielder. It was Gulit Diazmas at one point. That was the kind of talk that we were having. But you know what? You know what? Maybe it's just that you know Carlos Peña is just the kind of guy that excels to a certain degree in Liga MX, and maybe isn't just doesn't have that extra gear in him to perform at the national team level. And, you know, that's just what it is. That's fine. I mean, you know, that's fine to have players like that, you know. Whatever. We thought Marco Fabiano was one of those guys, and he may yet prove us wrong in Germany. But, I mean, is that enough for Vergara? You know, the guy paid $10 million for this kid. Is he going to be content enough to say, well, maybe he'll have some good games. You know, we'll get our money's worth within five years or something. I don't think so. I don't think that's how it works with Chivas. And and, and things are not going to get better. They're not going to get better, you know. They're, they're just not, because I think that if Almeida loses one or two more games, he's done. And if they fire the coach a third of the season in, who are they going to bring in? Who is left to well, come in? You know, you know what, you know what, Cristian? Um, the, the thing is that Almeida was brought in by Higuera. Another so, guy that's just kind of a, you know, out of nowhere comes yeah, in and makes yeah. decisions. Yeah. And, and not only did he bring, he also went in and brought in Ordiales. So... You, we might have like a whole package being removed. Like I well, wouldn't be surprised, if, you know. Hey, you're Almeida awesome. still has a chance. You know, he, you know there's, the, there's the a problem with like, Chivas is, you know, like you like you can like have a have surgery and a doctor can come in like if you have something wrong with your foot or with your leg, they can come in and do what they need to do with the laser and and, and zap it out. Chivas <laughs> needs the whole leg amputated at this yeah. point. It, it, it's what they need, and it just and it's never going to happen. And, you know, is it going to take relegation or something like that for them to finally realize the situation they're in? There are good players in Liga MX that aren't necessarily national team quality or whatever the case may be, but there are good players, Mexican players, that they can go get and, and get for a decent, you know, they don't have to pay a premium or, or overpay for these guys and build a good team, sprinkle a couple of guys in from their, from their youth system, and there's no reason they should be in this situation. They just, Ideally, they, yes, but, but they but they picked the, they just pick they just pick players like willy nilly. They just they do a terrible job of picking guys for what they're trying to do. They, it's like they don't even know their own weaknesses, you know. And, and and I think that looking back in the last couple of weeks, I mean, at the beginning of the season, even despite the results, I think they had two two ties back to back, or I think a loss and a tie. The team was functioning pretty good, and they had a bit of a spark plug with uh with Chofis Lopez. And the moment that he goes down injured. Chivas doesn't have anybody on the bench that's going to come on and do anything for them. You know, I you think know, that we had somebody's ears burning uh, because we started talking Chivas. It looks like Juan Uribe has joined uh, the podcast. Wow. <laughs> wow. Hey, what's up, guys? Step up, man. Yeah, you know, I, I'm just tuning in to hear uh, more of VS's, uh, uh, I'm sorry, Jolie's, uh, you know, his uh, crystal ball. <laughs> in the locker room. Hey, I, I've been right for the past ten years. <laughs> it's quite a track record. It's well, it's well documented in the <laughs> big soccer mix. Yeah, I, I've seen that. Dude, you, you you tweet, hey, Chivas is gonna lose. Chivas is gonna win, and then you delete one of the tweets. I know your methods, man. No, I said big soccer. <laughs> not Twitter. Hey guys, I'm gonna have to step off for a minute because I just got home. I got to do some setting up and stuff, so I'll. 
uh, probably be off for the next 15 or 20 minutes. But before I do that, uh, we should, uh, I mean, I guess you guys are free to talk about uh, what it is. I'm sure that Juan wants to, wants to vent about his awful Chiba situation uh, that, that we have right now. So I'll let you all do that, and I'll hop on uh, back in another 15 minutes or so. Hey, uh, Leonis Negro's got a red card, so they're down a man. So here's Chivas' opportunity. They don't capitalize. You know what's going to happen, Beto? They're going to give up a goal, and then that's it. <laughs> they're going to scramble to try to win, and then all we're going to hear about is how they lost to a 10-man team from the second division. I can smell it. I can smell the failure. You, you know, the, the rumors right now is that uh, Almeida got a job offer from New World's old boys. Yep. And you know what? If he's smart... <laughs> He'll just probably take it and just be like, you know what, fuck this, I'm out. Even if it's a price cut in his in his wages. Yeah, I mean. I think, uh, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Oh, dale, dale. Yo ya hablé. All right. Uh, I mean, I, what I wanted just to say about that was that uh, Chivas is a dead end job, man, for any manager. Uh, oh yeah. You know, it's kind of like if you take that job, it's because you're desperate to get your name out there. You know, Vergara's not a good guy to to work to work under. He, you know, he jumps he jumps uh he like oh, cuts the short like every you know every six months every year. So nice. I mean, <laughs> we're we're literally streaming right I now. I like one hundred percent organic, right? <laughs> God, it burns. Ah. <laughs> oh. Well, no. sorry, about, sorry about that, guys. <laughs> that was live. Yeah, uh, that that was streaming. Oh man, I thought that was like a sound effect that uh, Beto put together, dude. This was being love. I'm gonna pretend it was. I'm gonna pretend it was. That was kind of, that was a short stream. If it was live. Damn, that's how it lasts. He's kind of old, so I'm thinking he has a uh, enlarged prostate. That was probably just the first attempt. <laughs> He's gonna be there for the next two hours, then, huh? No, I think he got. To... Damn, oh, you, need... <laughs> you, need to... you need to go see a doctor, man. It sounds like it's coming out in spurts. Yeah, dude. I, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I didn't sound very healthy. Uh, Ronnie, are you at a at a um at a rest stop? <laughs> 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 no, no, no. <laughs> Not today. <clears throat> Wait, what His was what was Juan gonna say, man? He 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 got cut midstream. No, I, yeah, I was talking about. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if if I <laughs> at right, least he's, at least he's not crossing the stream, man. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think I made up. If he got offered that job, uh, uh, Jolie was. Uh, Citing rumors that he he had he had resigned. Uh, yeah, that was day. that was running that was running around yesterday uh, in the papers in Mexico that he had resigned. And by resigned, I mean that Vergara had pretty much booted him out. That's how this works. Vergara Vergara just tells people to fuck off. That's it. There doesn't. There's no. There's not a conversation. Yeah, it's not true. Obviously, not true yet. But I, I don't imagine him lasting very much. The, 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 the heat is on, man. They they are turning the screws on him, and and he's either going to crack. And quit, or or Vergara's just gonna fire him. Seems like he lost the locker room too, and and a part of it was, I think, holding back players from the national team call up. I mean, what what harm would it have done if he lets them go? I think that would have, I think you know that would have been positive if they went. 
but again, like whose decision is that? I'm not sure that's that's actually Almeida. Yeah, you're right. You know, I think Vergara and and based on the comments that came out of Vergara and, and uh Ordiales and stuff the week leading up to the uh to the to the game in Senegal last week, so about two weeks ago, you know, the first thing they said was like, Oh no, 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 they're not taking our players and then you know, they let they let one go or whatever, and then it was like, okay, they're obviously not going to go down well with the players. It was Salcedo you know? who, who they say caused problems because they're saying he got red carded on purpose. They're saying that it caused, you know, rift between him and Bravo. Which is a shame, you know, because Salcedo... And screw Bravo, flack, man. You know, he caught a lot of flack when he first joined Chivas because of his tweets that, you know, he's, a, he's an America fan, and they dug up his old tweets, and it was like this whole thing, and then he played really well for two seasons. And so that kind of got swept aside. But so far, he hasn't had the best start to the season. So you can understand why people will be a little, you know, get on his case a little bit. But it's just like there's too many things piling on right now, and, and it's just not going to end well. It never does. You know, they've been saying that because his mind is in Europe. And it seems very similar to, to what's happening to Fabian. And I think for the players, like if you're, you're in Chivas, like these players, it's not their fault the team is in relegation zone. So they they got brought into that situation. So right. I guess it's like rats in a sinking ship. They just they just want to get out. Right. Hey, but uh, isn't that a? Remember we talked about whether it, it, there was more pressure. I know it was in the Twitter chat. I think we talked about whether there was more pressure uh, to perform during relegation or when you're expected to be, you know, the 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 favorite. Every I'm, not game. I'm not surprised Chivas can't get it up, man. <laughs> Well, no, I, they won't be able I to. Now we've got a interrupting. We can agree that, that the relegation thing is really taking a toll on the players because um, they look tense. They look tense, and you can tell on the field. It's just there's there's a little something missing, and and then the the pressure is just going to keep piling on, man. Carlos Lopez admitted to that. Yeah. In an interview, well, he said he he can't sleep at night. He said he he it worries him that playing. With a man advantage, they can't score, and at home. Right, because you know what? That that just plays into the to the very old and tired cliche of it's is. easier to destroy than it is to create. So I feel like it's always a detriment when Chivas has to play against ten players because the other team, no matter what their quality is, they know that if they just bunker down a little bit and wait for Chivas to start throwing numbers forward, they're gonna they're gonna have chances, and 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 usually those chances end up. Being very, very bad for Chivas, you know, they just there's there's just something that's not right, and and it's just a combination of a lot of things, and the players can't pull out of it by themselves. If they don't feel like the owner has their back, especially after what happened with Vergara now throwing all these players under the bus, I mean, I, I'd be surprised if these players want to play for him anymore. Speaking of pulling out, uh, uh, Shanik Berman had an interview with the the lady that's accusing uh, Mosquera. Oh yeah. Yeah, she's a she's a she went on again on esto and uh, confirmed that uh, el, el, el Mosquera is the father. Anyhow. Uh, oh Christ! Do we have a picture of the baby? Can we can we confirm? Bust out the scale that you had on the Twitter chat, man. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Let's, uh... <laughs> hey man, that's a scientific method. It's, uh, it's it? a trade secret. We can't uh, can't release that to the public. That, that's also on the resume. That's also on the resume. Ten degrees of uh, Frieto. 
No, I think it's latte. I think the the thing is latte. <laughs> is, that, is that right? Is that right, uh, Dan? No comment. Oh, Dan. <laughs> I'm not going to get race baited on this. At least not, uh, uh, we, have to, we have to pollute the, the podcast with some of this. Yeah, no, uh, it's been polluted already with his urine. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But r- real quick, I wanted to touch on the on the Chivas and some of the, the comments that Dale's made. Jolie, and I guess, sorry, I should say Juan, too. Don't you guys think, though, that's on some level throwing Omar Bravo under the bus? If they're saying, it's like, man, we got 10 guys, or at least... Or at least um, a criticism directly at the forwards if they're not the ones that are able to put in to create goals, or the guys create the chances, or the just the the teams not creating the chances. That <clears throat> I mean, you know, Omar Bravo, they he was wasn't he about to retire and they they signed him uh, last minute because they, they they weren't able to bring anybody else in. I think they, they wanted were, to come to MLS. Yeah, they weren't they working? They've been working on um, Pulido for two years. They've been working on the the Pumas uh, forward. What's his name? Uh, Herrera, for like a, a couple of years. His name's been sounding in the press for a while, and I just think they don't have a you know they they had Kubo, and then Palencia. You know he did uh, he sold them. He he sold he loaned uh, Gudino, which he would probably be the starting goalie instead of Antonio uh, right now. Davila, so they let go of Davila. Uh yeah, that that was Real. I didn't want him. Uh, no, it wasn't. Was that was Real. Was no. At the time, hold on. Real was the manager after uh, when this kid had that great U20. Yeah, but uh, it wasn't his call to sell him. No, it, he didn't it, say, it, hey. If you're the manager of the team and you're picking your squad and you say, hey, you know what? This player, he's useful to me. Let's you bring him in. That's, that's why Lebrija quit because they sold Chicharo. They didn't even tell him about it. And she was just going into a... Libertadores final and and they they sold him and instead of playing the final he was playing preseason friendly games with Manchester United. I I think uh, Lebrija uh, quit because he was he was completely left in the dark on that deal. Yeah, but it, which it, makes it, sense, you know. But well, I guess my point is I'm trying to get to see I guess I find some kind of silver lining for Chivas that on the comments that got made. He said he's not going to be he's going to be sticking with him. You know, for better or worse, he's going to be sticking with Almeida, and if, if he keeps his word and does, you know, he, he said, "I'm going to get a before I get a new coach." Obviously, that's not completely realistic. He's going to have to keep a bulk. I mean, I'm thinking, well, you know what? Cancer, why not remove the cancer and hopefully bring in somebody different? Because if you, I don't know. I just, I, I, I personally have always had. I've never, I've never been a fan of him. I was, just absolutely not, and about as nice as I can put it. Uh, you, I would have trouble. I have trouble. I have trouble issues. Like if I was a player and I imagined I was a player, I would have serious issues with that dude barking at me. You, you know what, Dan? Um, with with Vergara's comments, you really can't take him serious. He was in a. He gave an interview for uh, ESPN a few weeks back, and he said that. That uh, Almeida's proceso was the only proceso that had him convinced in 14 years of owning the club. Oh, for Christ's sake! And this was after the team had like about five-game winless streak. That's a slap in the face to Hans Westerhoff. Mm. Yep. Yeah, to a lot of people, and, and it's just very short-sighted there. But Even to, to Cruyff's uh, proceso. 
Hey, uh, there's another red card for Leones. Los negros. And you really want Chivas to win, man. Orbelín, solito, solito, se la, se la comió. This who's, is what happens. What I gotta tell you guys. Who's, who's that ref? We need, we need that ref for, uh, oh, for, for the Jaguares games. Cause, uh, That's going to be an interesting game. I, I know La Volpe wants sweet revenge. Oh, he better. <laughs> I know, man. Poor La Volpe, he got totally swindled on that. Yes. <laughs> Okay, but going to that uh, that question, I don't know if it was fully answered. Uh, it, I think it's a lot more pressure uh, what Chivas is feeling right now or any team would feel about to get relegated than uh, a favorite to be champion. Because if you're a favorite to be champion, unless you're Cruz Azul, second place isn't too bad. <laughs> <laughs> but but the, the pressure that they're feeling, man, I'd be... But you know what? I think it depends on the team. Because like if you're, if you're one of the, the top teams... You're, not only you have to win, but you have to do it in, in you know, in a good fashion. And and with relegation, also depends the team, you know, like like smaller teams, like Querétaro and 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 other like Dorados. Even if they're on relegation, it's not that much pressure compared to like you know Chivas. Oh, yeah. Chivas. Let's be honest. I mean, it's 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 a big story. Everybody can talk about it. Everybody can have opinions and. That's just what it is. It's, it's one of the, it's the biggest, the most supported team in Mexico facing relegation. Of course, that's a that's a that's a that's a news story. You know, the, it's it's a lot of stuff that it's like layers of this stuff that has been piling on. And this isn't new. Like Joel was just saying, you know, like a lot of these younger players, you know, they they kind of they they come onto the first team, and you know, th this has been a problem that's been happening for the last three to four years. It's been building up to this. And now they're expecting these younger kids to, to pull them out of the fire. It's just, it's unrealistic. I don't know. I, I, and I the think problem it should, is, it could ruin it, careers. It is realistic if you, I mean, if you had a real, a real proceso to, to bring these guys up, you know, I think it would be realistic. But the thing is, <clears throat> we were talking about this in the Twitter, in the, one of the Twitter channels that uh, Chivas doesn't really have a, a proper development model. Their, their model has always been to. Let's throw the let, let's get these youngsters to to win uh, as many competitions as possible. And when you when your number one goal in a youth uh, in a youth team is to win, you're gonna take shortcuts on the development angle. Maybe you a guy that has the potential to be to be a pro, you know, you're gonna kind of leave him out leave him out uh you know cut it cut his process short because you you need to win right now. So instead of Fielding the guys with a future, you'll feel the guy, the early bloomers, you know, yeah. and you'll completely ignore the late bloomers. And uh, I mean, the perfect example is when Team Cruyff uh, came over here, and they were uh, the first thing they were gonna do was they were gonna work with uh, Cantera, and everybody in Mexico, including the youth coaches in Chivas, were like, "Hey, you know what? The the, the team that needs help is the first team." You know, Alberto Coyote and the rest of the youth coaches, including uh, Real, they were like, "Hey, our teams win. They're always in the finals. They're you know, the U-17s, the U-20s, and the Terceras, and so on, they're always disputing their finals. The team that you need to work with is the first team. And, you know, for a team like Chivas, that's, it's, uh, you know, I, I, to me, Cruyff had the right idea. It, it makes sense to, okay, we're going to fix the first team, but we're also, we're going to fix the youth system uh, to, to keep feeding the, the first team players, you know, because Chivas is not the team that they can bring in a, 
a foreigner, so they, their 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 youth system needs to be like uh, one of the best in the world, or at least one of the best in Mexico. And now they're not even the best in Mexico. You got Santos, you got Pachuca, uh, especially Pachuca. Yeah, much, no, uh, the, the, the Croix project, that. that was a long-term project. That uh, that was never going to work with Chivas. Not, not I'm no, never going to. With Vergara, you mean? Yeah, that, essentially, yeah. You know, I mean, it sort of compounds the issue with the short tournaments that we've talked about and how much pressure that generates on the teams to perform, which obviously leads to the teams going out and buying players and filling their ranks with, you know, with foreign players and exploiting the Mexican bylaws to make you know to, to take advantage of the naturalized players that play as Mexican players because the results have to be immediate. So when you when you come to Mexico with a project, especially the Chivas, and with an owner like Jorge Vergara, with a long t- medium to long term project, yeah, it sounds great. He signs up for it, but a week, you know, like a month later he's like, Yeah, we're done. This is over. Like you guys aren't getting results. So it, it we could see it coming from a mile away. And that's why I'm I'm saying that Almeida has two or three games Unless he wins. <laughs> let him finish. Let him finish. No, no, no. It's, it, it actually was good timing for that because, I mean, we could keep talking about it, but I think you all know there's going to be a lot of problems for Chivas. You, you know what, though? Uh, <laughs> I see a lot. Of, it's, it's like the mentality of the club owners. And uh, uh, Luis Miguel Salvador from Monterrey, he was... He was uh, is that the guy that owns Acapulco? No, not not, not El Sol. <laughs> the, other, the other guy. Uh, he was he's given an interview and they asked him about naturalizados. And uh, he was saying that and, and it's funny because because uh, Ronnie had made, you know, his his lightest comment about Mexicans not being able to afford satellite. And uh, <laughs> And the sky is pretty popular in Mexico. Nobody can watch. Or, or, but but knowing knowing Mexicans, they they could do their own dish with like a hubcap and a coat hanger. So I, I think that's a problem. But he, you know, he was saying that he's like in Mexico, soccer fans, they'll watch, you know, they'll watch uh, EPL, La Liga, and then they go to the stadium. So he's, he's he was saying like in order to compete, you know, to to provide entertainment. That they needed to keep bringing in um, foreign players, and he 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 talked about like like uh, he would be fine with Mexican teams having nine nine Mexican players in the per, per club. I mean, he's not wrong. You know, globalization is definitely you know it's it's great that we can watch all these games and all that, but it does it does tend to pollute the mind of fans because if you're at home. If you're in Guadalajara on a Sunday, on a Sunday morning, and you get up and you watch, you know, United, Chelsea, Man City, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, and then a couple hours later you go to, you know, uh, Estadio Mi Life and you watch Chivas kind of labor around the field and 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 giving up soft goals and corner kicks, yeah, that's gonna that's gonna piss you off and you know that's and they got a crap goalie, man. Bájale, bájale. No, Tony's good. Tony's a good co- you know, Come on, man. Tonyo makes one mistake, and now we're going to hang the guy. Nah, Dude, what do you mean one mistake? Remember the first time uh, that I brought it up to you was uh, last season, Chris, I don't know, when we first started. Uh, yeah. And so you say one mistake, but one mistake every game for every game, every season, you know. Okay, fine. Listen. It's I, ridiculous, I, I, dude. I'll tell you, I'll tell you, 
I don't think that well, – let let, let's cap it off with this. I will say that I think that Chivas has a lot of problems, and I think that Tonio Rodriguez is the least of them. Let's just no, that. you need a good goalie. Goal you need a good goalie. Well, I think you, you need, need a good goalie. You know what? If, if you have just – as long as your goalie is not making uh, mistakes uh, that uh, you know, first goals. graders make, then you're well, fine. You know what I think? I think you don't need to have a midfield with Salcido in it for three seasons, but that happened. Oh, my God, that's a great goal. <laughs> Call the Chivas. Saldivar is coming up big. Hey, you had a Chivas had Chaton. Where's Chaton at? Injured. Chaton is in Leon. No, he's in Leon. Yeah. And he's playing and he's playing well. And I said was that. He just injured like a month ago. Yeah, but he he's just, in, he's just played, came back. Played the last three games for Leon, not full games, but he's played minutes. And he had a really good play yesterday with a uh, in the Copa MX game. With, so he's uh, playing better than Gule. I don't know if I'd say better, but he's but he's but he's doing what. We all thought he would do be that nice little defensive shield in front of the midfield, that, you know, that in front of the defense that could also sort of push forward and contribute. He's. Well, how long is he going to be able to do that, given oh, we'll his uh, we'll physical know? limitations? Well, the guy know. gets injured every every time the wind changes, man. That's, That's the problem with a guy like uh, Chaton. I mean, he has every tool in the shed to be able to be a, a, a world class player at, at what at what. That, that the position he plays, but you know, he said it makes me wonder if these guys understand how important you know nutrition and 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 fitness and and everything else that that that, that you you need in order to be a, a proper professional athlete. I'm not saying that Hulit, you know, or not Hulit, but the Chaton is the kind of guy who you know parties a lot and doesn't take care of his body. I'm sure he does. But if he's had the same recurrent injuries for the past three or four years, and whatever he's doing ain't working, he's got to figure out a way to do it better. Well, you know, malnutrition is a huge problem in Mexico. Um, so I, I always, I've always thought that, that we're, already, we're already a little step behind when it comes to that because um, unless, you, you know, unless you're like middle class and above, like it, chances are you're not going to have the best nutritional uh, input from a very young age. And, and, and so if that's the case, then you're already – you're already kind of starting off like five meters behind when the race starts. Did, and did, have you seen like what Pachuca does in regards to that? Pachuca does, yeah. But he, he showed it on Club de Cuervos, where they have that bracelet that keeps track of what, <laughs> no, what it's you true. need to eat. It's actually, no, no, that's good. But like, I mean, if a player goes to Pachuca at 12 years old, that means he's already, you know, let's say a, you know, a, a player from the northern Mexico, you know, maybe he doesn't come from the most prominent family, that's already 12 years of his life where he hasn't had the best nutrition. Can they make up for it? Probably to a degree, sure. But, you know, it, it's when you have to constantly sort of re repair those mistakes in the player pool as kids, you know, uh, it, it's, not a, it's not a detriment, but it's probably not the best. You, you know, uh, Chris, uh, actually one of the college courses that I took, I think it was sociology, and they actually they, they have one research they have a few research studies where they showed that uh like the not the let's say like famines like the Irish uh, potato famine I think mm -hmm. was, that was at the turn of the nineteenth century right they uh, when it when it comes to women they these uh these these negative these ill effects of malnutrition they carry them for for generations because you know a girl when she's born she's she's born with all her uh her, you know her eggs and her ovaries right so I think it, it 
you know, it takes a few generations oh, yeah, to. You're talking about it. So you're talking about it like it's almost like a like a ladder thing where it's just like generational. Yeah, you. And I mean, it takes time to weed it out of the of the you know of the population. Now, in men, it's different Christ. because you, you know your your stream. Uh, but anyways, what I was gonna are, mention are is saying, it's kind of interesting well, that malnutrition is a problem because I Mexico problem. isn't it one of the country the country with the highest rate of obesity. Damn man, we sound like Doctor the Mexican well, Doctor Oz here, man. Are you well, saying that the yeah. genome? Are you saying that the genome matters? <laughs> the genome? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm saying uh, their their ancestors, their their the three three generations till now will they will have okay, an effect. Well, this is this is where women. this is where the malnutrition actually will affect. Okay, um, it's it'll affect you with the brain development. As far as far as the physical, you can make up for it. Messi did. A lot of players do. It, right. But the thing about it is, the malnutrition will affect your brain development, and that will affect that will affect how you process things. Your, uh, you know, down the line. So I mean, that's that's where you would see the effect is the, in in the mental aspect. Um, but yes, the genome does matter. Was did Jorge did Jorge Vergara? Was he born poor? Because Obviously, the the mental aspect of his game is. Let's move on. Where we're, we'll, uh, but before we wrap up, Chivas, just very quickly, I'll just go down the line. Obviously, Chivas is not going to relegate it this season unless if Dorados goes and goes like an 11 game winning streak, which we know is is not going to happen. But does Chivas get relegated next season? I think it's a it's definitely a high possibility. Daniel. Um, I still think, uh, well, you know, most likely the, the team that comes up is probably going to be the leading candidate, so more than likely they're going to hold on still. Okay. Albert. I, I, I think whoever comes up, um, you know, is going to stay stay at that lower level, and Chivas is going to barely make it. Fernando. Fernando's muted. Joel, does Chivas stay up next season? Yeah, I'm. I'm with Albert. Depends who goes up and how serious uh, that team their, that went up. Their proyecto is exactly. Yeah, their eight-year project. Right. Juan, <laughs> Chivas stay up next season. Yeah, you know what? That's a tough one, man. I think it's it's definitely close. I don't, you know, I think it's fifty-fifty. Fifty-fifty. Wow, well, that's yeah. coming from. Uh, I think it's getting to a point though that if if they don't figure it out soon, it's going to be at a point where they're going to get relegated no matter what they do. Ronnie, Chivas stay up or down next season? At, in May of 2017, uh, they become flaccid. The Cup, are they going they to the flat? They'll become flaccid. We'll go down. Yeah, they're going down. <laughs> Fernando, uh, if they stick with Almeida, they can they can survive. They they'll stay up. So you're saying that the problem is they have an Argentine coach, but now you're telling me that if they stick with him, he's going to stay there. Is that what you're telling me? Are no, you I contradicting s- yourself? No, I never said that that was a problem. I said that a lot of people... You said that that's how you started the show. You, you, you <laughs> no. said no, I said, Chivas is in the Mets they are. Stop okay, eating paint okay, chips, Fernando. Stop no, eating paint no, no, chips. I supported said, Argentine coaches that got mustaches like his. <laughs> no, no, I said that a lot of people like to say that Chivas is in a crisis because they have an Argentine coach. Because of Sacedo. No, they ha- they're not in the, a crisis. Your answer to the crisis is Vergara? What, what's your answer to the crisis, Pardon? Then we'll wrap they it ju- up. They just need to retire, you know, 
players like Bomar Bravo, Salcido. I know he's not playing in the main team anymore, but, um, you know, they need to get rid of a lot of the trash players like those, and I think they will survive. Salcedo, I overrated. Oh, can I can I add a sub sub answer to my answer? Of course. <laughs> so you know, half of Dorados is uh is, belongs to Chivas, right? So those players are gonna come back, and you know after their experience of going through that relegation, they're they'll keep the team afloat. Very interesting. I think they're gonna stay up, but I think it's gonna be I don't think it's gonna be settled in March like like this one is. I think it's gonna go down to May, but I think they're gonna do just enough to stay up, and I think they're going to be in it again in 2017-18. Okay. John, John yes. I'm sorry, I know you're going to stop, but I just, I was just going to say that another way they can help themselves is, uh, and probably something that hadn't been considered is, since Dorados is going to be, just swap all those players and, and, and try, to, try to get them to, to the new team that's going to be coming up. So that, so that they can suck again with, like, La Piedad yes. or whoever it is. Okay. Interesting. Exactly. Well, it definitely worked for him this time around. Okay, so we're going to switch gears here. Uh, some of you may have noticed, some of you may have not, that uh, there was news this week that, that everyone's favorite Colombian coach, uh, especially people on this panel, Juan Carlos Osorio, decided that a week or, or this week was a good time to go see our friend Giovanni Dos Santos, who is in his preseason with the LA Galaxy, and... It looks like uh, Osorio is the is a coach that might be willing to give Giovanni a chance, depending on how he starts his season at MLS. So my question to y'all: Do you think that Giovanni is going to have the kind of season where he can't be turned away, or could Giovanni be one of the three uh, overage players to go to the Olympics? Osorio is a nice guy, man. He went to go visit, you know, his pal in the retirement home. It's cool. But I don't think it's nothing's gonna come of it. It's gonna go the same way with uh, Jonathan. He was capped, but he didn't even play. I want to so. jump on this one. Hey, hasn't Gio uh, been on the bench almost every club he's been at since uh, since he mm-hmm. left Barcelona? Come uh, on, read me to it. Yeah. So, I know where you're getting at. Yeah. So I I think it doesn't matter. I think where Gio plays, like for the national team, he always <laughs> steps it up. But you know to. To kind of use uh, Jolie's crystal ball, I wonder if, you know, wasn't Gio out about uh, six months because he declined, uh, was it the October call-up? If we count the the time, three months in, and he won't be back. Uh, when's the next call-up? It does seem suspect that suddenly he's had the time to meet up with him. It does seem really suspect. Well, I have a comment. I think... Uh, Osorio didn't call him up and made the comment about MLS and everything, sort of a warning and sort of a wake-up call for, for Giovanni. And then he comes with, with this meeting, and Giovanni's... Uh, in the article I read, Osorio said Giovanni was really polite, looking him in the eyes, uh, you know, said hello to him, said goodbye when he left um, and everything. And then he said, yes, he's going to try his hardest during the season to get back into form and get ready for a call-up. And then they talked about, like, where it was... <clears throat> It seems like he's positive. He 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 recognized that he wasn't called up last time, and now he wants to get back on the on the team. So hey, Gio has always he's he's one of those players that he plays better with the national team than with club team. He he could be playing cascaritas for all I care, dude. So you want him on the team, Juan? Absolutely, no questions asked. Yeah, man, dude. 
I know, I know they uh, anularon sus goles, but how many Mexican players have scored three goals like in a game dude, at a World Cup? No, there's no question. I mean, Giovanni is an extremely talented player. I think the fact that he's at uh, MLS, where do you, you know, obviously was where more do you put of him in? Where do you put him in that four-three-three though? I mean, that's essentially what they're going to be playing with. He's not going to be center. He's going to be have to take over those, one of those winger spots, which. He's going to be a attacking midfielder, I think they were saying, um, above the contenciones. So I think not up with Vela and them, but sort of driving the team. Yeah, the, uh, I noticed in the last game that he had uh, Rodolfo Pizarro, and in the first half, uh, I guess it was Luis Montes playing that that withdrawn forward attacking midfielder position. Um, Pizarro, obviously, for some reason... Did it a little better, you know. This is my 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 take. I don't think MLS is as bad as people say it is. I think they I can certainly, as far as the fitness, definitely keep them in in line with that. And you know, for for Concacaf games and maybe for Copa America as well, he'll be fine as long as he has a good start and plays and and, and gets into rhythm. I, you know, Giovanni is the kind of player that. Mexico needs because, as you guys said, he's a gamer for Mexico. He's not many players have excelled wearing uh, the Mexico jersey. I mean, I can think of uh, Cuauhtémoc Blanco, who every time he put on the jersey, you know, you were going to get a good game from him. And frankly, I mean, the, the the list is very short. I'm sure some of you guys have other ones, but I think Giovanni is one of those guys. I think that that yeah, he's had a couple of bad games, but I think that that the overwhelming majority of the minutes that he's had playing for Mexico have been positive. And then this goes back to you know, when he was a 15-year-old playing in Peru. So, and, and he's the kind of guy you want to you keep in the conversation. And frankly, Giovanni needs to play for Mexico because we all know what he's all about as far as his, uh, you know, his financial portfolio. And he needs to be playing in Mexico in order for him to get some of the deals that he wants that he thinks he can get. So it, it benefits Giovanni for him to play well for Galaxy, which will then... You know, translate to getting the the time that he wants on the national team. You know, I think uh, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Oh, what I was gonna mention about uh, since you brought up fitness in regards to the MLS and you know the state of physical the physical state of Giovanni, I thought the MLS was really great for Cuauhtémoc. It, gave, it it lengthened his career by maybe you know four or five years just because the you know they they you know he actually probably had to go to the training ground instead of just uh, skipping training and having a few brews. And Guatemoc even admitted as such. There was an article in Sports Illustrated, uh, you know, four or five years ago when he was playing in that league, and he even said he said the 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 the, the fitness, he said kind of saved his legs, and that's one of the reasons why he was able to, uh, you know, maintain his levels play his level of play as well as he did in. MLS. Anybody else have anything to add about Giovanni before we move on? <clears throat> so, I guess I'll do, the, do what I did last time. Does Giovanni, which which tournament does Giovanni play in? Copa America or the Olympics? Christian. Christian must be off. Daniel. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say uh, Copa America. All right. Chiquis. Maybe Olympics. I don't know. Olympics. So, oh, you know, and another option could be neither. So. That's what I think, actually. I think, I think, think neither. That's what 
Yeah, I don't think he's gonna be. Um, I don't think we're gonna see him much of him. I don't so think he's, he's gonna. Playing. I don't think he's gonna light the world on fire when he goes back to the galaxy. Yeah. What if he scores a hat trick against Santos? How would you feel about Giovanni then? <laughs> he'll light the world on fire, but I think he'll come back to the national team. Um, to answer your question, I don't think that's gonna happen. You don't think it's gonna happen? Okay. No. Fernando, Giovanni, Olympics, no. Copa America, or zip. Uh, neither. I don't think he will resuscitate from the career cemetery. It's called MLS. So you think that he's in the uh, the he's a purgatory the man, yeah. burial ground. He's done. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Like you know, unless you know, actually, I think if you were going to go, it will. If there's if they're going to give him a chance, or there's like a slate of injuries that they absolutely need him instead of Omar Bravo, they'll probably take him to the Olympics. <laughs> Instead of Omar Bravo. Instead of Omar Bravo, that's right. <laughs> and if there's a crisis and an emergency, then 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 he'll be he'll be the guy. In case yeah. the oh shit button, in case the oh shit button breaks, then push the other one. I understand. <laughs> the flushing button. Yeah. One. What tournament is Giovanni gonna play? Uh, I think plays the Copa America. Uh, from what I understand, uh, all the big names are going to play, right? Messi, uh, <clears throat> Suarez, uh, you know, MSN guys, which we'll be talking about later, I think. Uh, and I think Giovanni, he, he's going to enjoy that competition more. He's already got a gold medal. You know, he's already been in the Olympic Village. He's celebrated there with other uh, Olympians. So I think it's time, uh, you know, he steps it up. And he'll be good for, He'll be good in Copa America. It'll be a better competition for him. And uh, in regards to what... Uh, 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 Dan said about the three goals. I think, uh, you know, I think he's once uh, Giovanni scores that hat trick, he's gonna be lining up outside a uh, what is it, StubHub, StubHub Center to get his autograph, which uh, they negative, do. I think dude. about midday. That's a negative, man. I, I'm gonna, I'm hoping I show up a little bit sauced, just so that I could uh, get enough curse to heckle. You know, but before I move, actually, I want to go back to you, Daniel. I want, I want to get everyone else's answer. And you, guys, you, you guys better game. not ask for autographs. You Bunch of game get, prep. Yeah, you you can get your press passes taken taken away. I'm yeah. not. I don't have any press pass for this game. No, he's going as a fan. He's going to the stands. He's going to. Yeah. Stands. Anyway, we'll, yeah we'll talk Ronnie, about you, that. Yeah. Yeah. Wear a mustache. Wear like a funny mustache yeah. and the, the this guy's glasses. <laughs> Hoez, but I, do have, um, I do have questions for Gio. If anyone gave it a chance to, to pick his brain, I, I, I am actually curious to see because um, I'm curious to see uh, the, the, the game in Torreon to see how they how they receive him. Especially after these mythical um, fake, phony, imaginary three goals go in. Oh. <laughs> to answer your question, John. Yes, sir. I, I'm, I'm going with Copa America. Just just because uh, Chicharro really wants to play Olympics, and and right now what Chicharro wants, Chicharro gets, dude. So you think Chicharro is <laughs> going to go to the Olympics? He he he's he requested it. Interesting. He said, he said he wants, yeah. That's going to really upset all the posters that 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 some has made for the Copa America because <laughs> Chicharito's on all of them. He might be able to play both, but I mean that's. That's no. supposedly the tournament, and and like La Laguna has also been requesting Olympics. I think that yeah, I actually believe that that uh, Tucharito will be in a position to negotiate with his club to be able to play both tournaments. I want to vote. Likely, you can't. They can't play both. Ronnie, where is uh, 
Where's Chich- Where's <laughs> Where's Giovanni going? Is he going uh, to just, uh, Copa, 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 Copa America. I don't think I don't think that he wants the additional pressure of having to repeat. I I I also agree. I think I think he'll be Copa America too because I think Giovanni is going to uh, start pretty well. I think that he, that he was probably read the riot act. I think that they the you know the both so it was a very cordial meeting, blah 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 blah. But I'm sure that Osorio sat him down and said, you know what, son, if if you want to play on this team, you need to step it up because the way that you finished last season was was not good and not good enough to play on this team. So I do believe that uh, that he is going to play well for Galaxy, and then in turn that's going to do well for the uh, the national team as well. So. And we have uh, anyone have any comments in our in our, in our lovely YouTube? Doesn't look like it. Although uh, you do have some fans. Well, well, we do. Well, we always have fans. Everyone, well, everyone has fans. You and Christian have fans. Well, you know. The rest of us have critics. What can we say? <laughs> <laughs> Fight me! Fight me, guys! Outside stuff. I'll be there. Oh, even, okay. So, Daniel, even I, me. I was going to ask you. So you're going to uh, is it next week the the game the big game between Santos and LA Galaxy to stub up center? Yep, next Wednesday. Uh, Santos, are you wearing the, the 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 Santos rugby shirt, the hoop shirt, the green and white stripes? I might wear my uh, my the newer uh, away jersey that I have with the with the new star. Oh, so, so you have it's, it's gray and gray and black. Gray the and black. the paper looking one. Do you have now <laughs> if you were going to choose a player's number? <laughs> on the back of the jersey, who would it be? Um, he has well, a muscle. <laughs> no, he actually, was... my favorite player was Bonnie Reese, so if I could go old school, I would go with him. Well, Jared Borghetti scored a lot of goals thanks to Bonnie yeah, Reese. So he, a... he, he was, I wasn't as big a fan. I don't know. I, I guess I was. I think everything went. Um, at least at the time, Pony Reese made that made that team go. You remember that time Pony Reese got knocked out by the Jamaicans? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> no. Oh, uh, he was with a uh, total. No, this is back in like '96, '97. This was, uh, I think, when he was with Todos Nessa. Uh, yeah, there was a There's World a Cup qualifiers. Yeah. It was World Cup qualifiers. Uh, they were going to play Mexico, but as a warm-up, uh, the Jamaican team uh, uh, played a, like a scrimmage with uh, Todos Nessa, and they just, I, I think, they played it at the. Uh, at what, well, the old the training facilities, and it turned into a round of fisticuffs where, where I mean, it was just full-out Royal Rumble, and Tony Reese got the worst of it, dude. They, he just he got knocked out. He got knocked, <laughs> knocked the F out? Yep. Damn, we'll Jamaicans. I'll have, to find some, I'll have to find some videos. All right, so That's back to Dan. Good. Okay, so you're wearing your new jersey, your gray and green jersey with the new More star. Like you pointed out. Now, you said you were going to get a little sauce. When you go to a game of this magnitude, cause this is a big game. Is do you drink tequila because you have to? Is is that your drink of choice, or are you like like a strawberry daiquiri guy before a game? Uh, <laughs> hey, there's a really nice rest Mexican restaurant where you could uh, get some tequila shots next to the Stockholm Center. Do, do they have Mexican restaurants in LA? Yeah, there's one that really that's walking <laughs> distance. There's a I few. <laughs> I got wasted, man, one time when I went to a Mexico match there, like for the Olympic qualifiers. I went to a restaurant, and I got plastered, and I walked over there to the match. Hey, Ronnie, you would like the uh, the Stuff Hub Center, because right down the street, there's a Jack Shack. 
You know, across the street there's a there's a Chitlins place. Uh, it's called Lemon and Foods. I'm not a I'm not a big fan of that area personally. Louisiana. Um, yeah, it's I, I'm not like I said I'm not a, I, I don't like it uh, the way it's set up over there. Uh, getting in and getting out seems is usually a hassle. Right. Um, honestly speaking, I got a baby at home, got a pregnant wife. I'm not gonna be getting sauce as much as I'd like to, especially. And then uh, on top of that, I'm okay, thinking so let, like I'd like to I'd like to write, do a little write up of the game. Let's but pretend like that you have a, a, a full hall pass. You don't have to write up. What would it what, would it be tequila? Was tequila or beer your your libation of choice before a game? Oh, my choice would be um, Irish whiskey. Irish whiskey. Yes. Jameson's. I like Tullamordew. That's my favorite, but um, I uh, but I will not say no to Jameson. Wow. Interesting. Irish whiskey. And like a proper Catholic, I'll, I'll say no to Bushmills. Wow. Oh, so you're Catholic. So if you were an Irish Catholic, I always have this question with Catholic. Do do Irish Catholics ever give up drinking for Lent? No. I didn't think so. I didn't <laughs> not think at so. all. No, but I'm not. I'm not much of a of a drinker anymore. That was more of my single life. Um, these days, oh. I've toned it down. Your father. So, Come on, husband, dude. Husband, father. I limit my drunks to just three times a week now. You need to give a, you need to get a good example of how to drink to your kids, man. You gotta teach them the way of the tiger, man. Alright, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at, at footage of the uh, the fight between the the Jamaicans and Toros uh, Nesa. Pony Ruiz is on the ground, and you see the Jamaicans with rocks too, dude. Savages. Oh my savages, God. dude. Didn't didn't they weren't they using like a thick like. Like a broken bench or something as a weapon. Coed, before we continue on the show, I do want to uh, give, give you a little space on your on your lavandero segment. Do you have any good cheese mess for us, Coed? Uh, dude, Ronnie beat me to it. He, he said, uh, I think you were away when he brought it up. Well, so, let's hear it again. That Ronnie, Ronnie has the inside scoop. And uh, Mosquera's chocomilqueada. <laughs> John, I have not seen the uh, the mix yet, so I, I can't tell. I posted who, a so. picture, dude. I... Where, where, where? That that's why when I was talking about third gunman, this. <laughs> Did you find the third gunman finally? No, no, I didn't. But I'm just saying that. that baby, well, it, he, it he turned lives. out not to be a third gunman, right? It was just. Uh, Probably, man. That, that girl's been around, dude. Damn. Dude, this is like CSI, dude. Yeah, la hijo le dicen la bala perdida. No saben de cuál pistola salió. No, no saben de cuál pistola salió. This is like a category public where like, we're just going to have to have a show where the, all the, the the potential guys are show up and... Es, es el with Mori Pavic? Yeah. So you're saying it, it's not Layun, it's not Quintero? Yes. Yeah. It, was, it was somebody else. She was, dating, hey, she was dating uh, uh, Cholo's owner, dude. Dang. The Caliente guy? Mr. Caliente yeah. himself? The Mr. Caliente himself. Yes. The junior. Yep. Wow. Fresh information from our our, our our resident lavandero. No, I, I brought this yeah. up like this two is exclusive away, stuff no, to the to the No, 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 no,
She she carries her mattress with her, dude. So you're saying that she had a malteada, you just don't know? <laughs> yeah. Um, no, is but it? Ronnie Ronnie has has the. It was printed on Esto, which is you know interesting. They're a pretty reputable source. So you know it's like when you go to uh, when you were a kid, and they had the soda fountain, and you wanted the suicide, and you get like all six of the drinks. <laughs> Is that what happened, Ronnie? No, please give us this uh, this farandula information. I was, that, thinking, uh... I was thinking twins, John. Um, you know how like they did this, the whole sperm <laughs> milkshake, right? Yeah. And, oh, you mean like the the Schwarzenegger movie with Ian Danny DeVito? Yeah. Which wow. was a terrible yes. movie, by the way. If anybody's actually seen it, terrible. You yeah, about that like his only good movie. Yeah, that twins he did. is a classic. It's a classic. Well, I think uh, we can just disagree on that. It's okay. It's not a tumor. Oh, that was Kindergarten Cop. I kindergarten Cop is a classic. It's not when, a tumor. You know, I don't know. I have my own thoughts about that. We're not going to waste anybody's time. So, so Ronnie, you're going to give us you're going to give us this this inside information that we've been teasing. I, I don't have it. I'm trying to look for the picture because I, I can't make that determination. There's, I'm going to post it in the chat. Okay, we're posting in the chat. All right. See. So we'll, we'll look at the picture here. This inside inside scoop information on a on a there it is. possible Club America. America. Love chop. Okay, which which chat? The Twitter chat or the uh, the, the Google uh, chat? The Google Hangouts. Okay. So we'll when see. you post this picture, we'll look at it and we'll all determine. Oh, he looks like a solid four, where Lyle <laughs> on the scale. <laughs> And she looks like she might be probably a three. What are you talking about? Three, what are you talking about? Considering Dan? the where, makeup. Where are you getting these numbers from? I'm talking about a light scale. Yeah, but where are you getting these numbers from? Stone, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure there's some probability, some chance that it could be Akivaldos, but it doesn't look. <laughs> That's not Akivaldos. You know, he has Cheeto eyes. He kind of looks like Nacho Ambriz. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not seeing the. I'm not seeing the end of picture. Where's it at? I don't see any. Uh, it's a link. It's a link that that but it's, a, but it's a stylist jacket. The kids got. Style. He definitely got that jacket at Sanborns. There's no question. There's no <laughs> hey, put question. it. Put it in the Twitter chat. Terrible, put it in the by the way, that, that, that his picture's so readily available. That is kind of creepy. Come on, Joel. What kind of person? She's, dude, she's she's the one he's, that made it public. He's exploiting it. Yeah, she's okay. uh, out no, there to be. That was dude, awkward, dude. yeah, yeah, that doesn't look. Dude, like that that looks like some huesas, man. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie, y'all. I bet you, bet you, if you look at that that lady's jardinero and you see the, the the eyes, with the way that they're bent, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say, 100% that it's the jardineros. What what Ronnie Ronnie was saying that in the Esto report that she she confirmed there was, Kivaldos. Uh, uh, yeah, that kid is not, definitely I'm, not Akibaldos. No, dude, I'm not buying, dude. I'm not buying that. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no question that there's. That's just not. This is not possible. It's not likely. It's not very likely. Uh-huh. I mean, I'm not a geneticist. Okay, so, so no, let's I'm, move on. Well, that's let's wrap news, it up though. tonight. We could probably still hit a wall in that girl, though. <laughs> let's wrap it up tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Let's wrap it up tonight. Just try to try to keep things. I'm just saying, civil. You know. Okay. You know we don't want. You know we already have the Academia Española on our case. We don't want. Uh, you know the the, the now organization or 
This is or your fault. Watchdog groups. You've been, you've been, you've been uh, spurring this conversation on for weeks on done. Thanks, sir. Hey, I'm only trying to entertain our listeners. Come on. You need to lead. You need to lead a better example, man. We're trying. To, uh, hey. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. So you got. It, it is what it is. But before we before we wrap it up tonight, we do have one one last topic we need to talk about, and that is. Tonight, up at the Bombonera in uh, Toluca, we had the uh, opening game for the Copa Libertadores, a game in which Toluca went down a man and ended up winning. It's like I have a 56-6 modem running my running my uh, internet right now, but they won. They beat Gremio 2-0. Dos a cero. So good for uh, Toluca to get off on the on the right foot in the Copa Libertadores. Now here's my question. Okay, so it's it's Toluca and Pumas that are in, in the Copa Libertadores. How far would these teams need to go for, for in order for this to be considered a successful run? Do they have to make it all the way to the final like Tigres did last year, or is a quarterfinal appearance, maybe even a semifinal appearance, enough enough for them to say, you know, we we had a decent run? They they have to win it. They have to win it. So anything other than winning for you is an abject failure. Yeah, because you know, look at Tigres. They did it with you know, with what was his name? Uh, Paleta Skeda. They made it all the way over there. So you know, you don't need that much. You know, you don't need that much. Well, when Monterrey played in the Libertadores, they played with a reserve side and didn't even get out of the group stage. So would you consider that a failure? Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Okay. Wait a Anybody else? I think I think as long as they make it to the to the playoffs, just just because how Mexican league is not very supportive of teams in Libertadores. I think that's kind of changing though. Uh, I, I do think that. Look at last look at last season. They they allowed uh, Monterrey to postpone a game so that they could inaugurate their stadium, but they didn't let Tigres, who had like an important match. Yeah, they were in the Liguilla. They were in the first round of the Liguilla, and Tigres ended up losing. They were the, the number one seed. They lost to Santos, yeah. which is the eighth seed, and Santos went on to win the, to win the whole uh, the whole championship because Tigres had a Libertadores game midweek. Now, I know that there's been other teams in the past that have been able to to, to manage to be able to juggle this schedule by, by playing Libertadores games and Liguilla games. Well, no, we won't name the teams, but I know that other teams have, have been able to make those those grueling trips in order to do so. I kind of with you, Hoyle, I think that, you know, with the fact that these two teams aren't necessarily the strongest teams that Mexico has to offer, uh, you know, because of that, you know, I think that, you know, making the the, the, the second round and then, and then winning a knockout game, if they can make it to the quarterfinals, I think to me that would be an adequate representation considering the limitation of the teams uh, of them to get through. But the key is that they have to win their games at home. They, they cannot, they absolutely cannot Lose points at home. They have they have to get all nine points at home in order for them to advance because it's very very difficult down. Hey uh, John, the one in South America. Yes sir. Pumas uh, being you know being league uh, finalists uh-huh. and the way they play, I mean the style of play, meaning they they sit back, it actually suits them a little bit more because you know they're gonna. The the South Americans they're gonna want to attack so they, I mean obviously you know how uh, you know Beto knows this too is that you know you, your team they like to sit back and and play the counter attack which I think will suit them 
I, I think I think if Unam, you know, does what they did last season, I think they could easily be semifinalists. Yeah, so I was going to say that also. Pumas and Toluca, they're at 10 and 12 on the table. If they keep on getting ties or even some losses, they might just totally give up. Well, yeah, that yeah, you're you're right. Well, that's actually one of the criticisms with Cardoso is that you know they're not they're not that offensive, uh, and I guess you know people expect Cardoso because of you know the the type of offensive player that he was that to have a very offensive team, but you know he he likes to be more balanced. Uh, I don't know if they'll I don't know if if Toluca has the uh, uh, the roster to go into the finals, but I I, I think that uh, you know for Toluca I think at least the quarterfinals would be they have to get to the, at least the quarterfinals. But Pumas I think they have what it takes to get all the way to the semis. Now there's no question that Toluca was drawn into a, a tougher group. They have San Lorenzo, which uh, you know right now has Divine Sport because it's the Pope's favorite team. And then they have uh, 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 the Liga Deportiva de Quito and Gremio. So that that's a very uh, – Gremio, of course, as we know, was the uh, the team where, if I'm not mistaken, Ronaldinho was a Gremio product, was he not? Uh, was, I think I he was. was. I believe he was. Right? Yeah. 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 Now, that, well, with, with Quito, it's not going to be a problem. The, the altitude's not going to be a problem, though. No, I mean everyone's gonna have a problem in Toluca because Toluca is like you know practically like La Paz. It's very high. Now, where Pumas um, does have an advantage is that they're not necessarily in the in, in the toughest group. They have uh, Deportiva Táchira, they have Emelec and Olimpia. Deportivo Táchira beat Olimpia uh, yesterday two to one, and so they're leading the group. And then I believe Pumas plays Emelec uh, tomorrow. Uh, actually, yeah, they play. Um, what does Pumas play? Uh, I guess I guess Pumas doesn't play until the 25th. Is that right? No, I have no idea when Pumas play. Doesn't like, oh, at the 18th. I'm sorry, they play Emelec on the 18th, which is tomorrow. I can't read grids. So I'm not very good at that. But anyway, so I think because of that, you know, maybe Ronnie, maybe you're right in the sense that that Pumas has a team that can sit and absorb, you know, their defense is, is one of the strong. They obviously have the greatest goalie of all time with Picolin, so that'll that'll definitely help. And they have Veron and the uh, the Uruguay and Arcoba who are a very solid defense. And they will sit back and then and, and hope that some of these teams uh, will make mistakes and maybe they'll make them pay. So hopefully both teams will make it out. And then it's going to really depend on the draw. On... Uh, because if you remember the Libertadores, when you make the second round, you get you get seeded one through sixteen. The top eight teams are uh, you know the first place of the group, and then the nine through sixteen are the second place, and they seed them based on how you did as far as points and goal differential, etc. So if uh, if they can both win their group, obviously that's going to be very beneficial to them. But otherwise, they stand a, a, ch- a good chance of being drawn into a very difficult bracket. So hopefully that won't be the case, but. Uh, I do believe that as long as they make it into the second round and you know if uh, quarterfinals or semifinals for both, I think would be terrific. I think it's a lot to ask to, uh, to have them realistically make the final, considering that they're both not necessarily like you know the, the the strongest teams in Mexico. But you know, you never know. You never know what could happen. Okay. Anybody else have anything to add, Libertadores-wise? No, I, I think. Uh... I think Toluca and, and Pumas, I'm pulling for them to do good because Mexican teams have been pretty bad. 
except for Tigres, but for like for a long time they haven't been. They just haven't been doing so good. The so last time need... Pumas was in the Libertadores, they didn't win a game in the group stage. They went 0 for six. It was bad. <laughs> so hopefully that won't happen. It's two good teams though that they have in Libertadores this time, so I think they will go far. Yeah, thank goodness Monterey isn't it. I mean, no one wants to see that embarrassment again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. The undefeated team in the in La Liga MX. You know what? I, I think... <laughs> I think a coach like Turco, he would take it very serious the way he did when he was at, at Cholos. So I, I would... You, you would have thought that Busevich would have done the same, but he ended up playing the tournament with a reserve side. It's like, dude, you have a great team. What do you do anyway? So, oh, well, after it, after winning three like what is it three Conca champions you know I just I don't understand it you know. Hey, by the way, we forgot to talk about the girls. What? Oh, the, the, the oh, that's have, right. Good lord. Are you so, talking about, wrap it up with that? Are you talking about Albert and and John meeting at Rita? <laughs> <laughs> no, the the girls man they fracasasasote, you know the. Uh, that's yeah. right. For, for those of you that aren't aware, we were talking about the, this uh, past week up in Frisco and Dallas. They had the uh, the Preolimpico for the women to qualify for the Olympics on the, on the women's side. And Mexico was drawn in with Puerto Rico, Costa Rica, and the U.S. in one group. And it's set up the way the men's is. They have two groups of four, and then they have the semifinals, and the winners of the semifinals qualify for the 16-team tournament in the Olympics. And... Uh, you know, the, the the conventional wisdom was that the U.S. and Canada were the teams, but if, you know, Mexico was able to somehow, you know, avoid one of those two in the semifinals, they would have a pretty good chance of winning. Now, they won their first game uh, pretty convincingly, beating uh, Puerto Rico 6-0, and they, they only lost to the U.S. 1-0, which, uh, you know, was uh, a good result considering. But against Costa Rica, they gave up... Uh, a first half goal, and then they gave up a second half penalty. And even the penalty against the U.S. was very dubious, but whatever. And then they lost 2-1, and uh, the, the shocking news is that Leonardo Cuellar is still the coach and has been the coach of that team for the past, what is it, 10 or 15 years. He's been there a long time. And it seems like that after how their uh, performance in Canada at the World Cup this past summer, that maybe it was time for you know somebody else to get a chance, and especially considering that the coach had uh, kind of had a, a bad relationship with Mexico's best players. So well, Mexico ends up losing and they're out of the tournament, and now people are wondering if Cuellar is is the guy for the job. Well, well here's here's the thing. Here's the thing with that. Okay, whether. Cuellar deserves to be there or not? Okay, that you can debate that both ways. Um, but my my thing is this: not even Blanco, when he was, you know, snubbed by La Volpe, did he did he insinuate or ask for the coach to be removed? You know, the the player Charlene Corral, she has no business doing that, dude. None. So I mean, honestly, whoever whoever it was. Be it Cuellar or the new coach, she she doesn't deserve to be on the team. She, she she doesn't call. She doesn't decide who's the coach and who isn't. And I think yeah, I think that the right decision was made to leave her off. Uh, now, as far as uh, Leonardo Cuellar, the, the coach, I, I I don't really care one way or another because the problem doesn't lie in coaching, at least in in the women's game in Mexico. I mean, 
Mexico and John, you know, we've talked about this before. Mexico doesn't really have a true high school or collegiate system in place at the at the academic level. That's what that's what you know Mexico needs. Johnny, yeah. do, do you think Cuellar has a backroom tryouts couch? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, maybe, maybe. <laughs> oh, no, because all he does is the list of, of players from the U.S. that are that are Americans, and he goes out and and doesn't even tell them. But says, hey. He promises them playing careers. He's like, I'm, I'm gonna send the video to to teams. <laughs> that, that girl on the on the Mexican soccer show is sort of uh, you know good information on that. Well, They're American girls. It, it is. I mean, they they've been using American girls that play, you know, you know, from you know, that have Mexican parents and they have the Mexican passports and stuff. And obviously, they're not good enough to to be on on the U.S. national team. I mean, you know, Title Nine or is it what Title Title Nine? That you know, women women's sports have benefited greatly because of Title Nine in the United States. Uh, for you guys that don't know, that's basically the law that states that you know, for every equal pro male program at a university, there has to be a female version of it. Um, and that happened back in the 70s. Um, Mexico has none of that in place. So, I mean, a lot of these girls, man, they're just, you know, they're under, they're, they're not funded. These programs are not funded. Uh, they don't have proper coaching. They don't have proper leagues. Uh, and according to Juan, they don't have proper nutrition. Hey, man. Hey, man, I got three on the, on the... Not, not enough proper couches. La Cruz Azulio. The Blanco comment you made, it's sort of different though, man, because she started complaining about Cuellar way before even being snubbed. She started yeah. complaining about him from after the World Cup. Yeah, you're right. You're, yeah. Hey, yeah, and, uh, no, I, well, not the, uh, during the World Cup. Yeah. Cuauhtémoc's not the model citizen to follow in a lot of respects. Hey, Cuauhtémoc is the mayor of Cuernavaca. He is an elected yeah, official. But, hey, he, that's right. <laughs> But Blanco, Blanco never, you know, uh, demanded for a coach to not, you know, to be removed or anything like that. Corral, yeah, but he, he campaigned against La Volpe, didn't he? No, no, he didn't. No, didn't he, he didn't. criticize him? And he called. Uh, he was criticizing uh, uh, his errand boy. Uh, what's his name? Jorge Campos. he was constantly the, talking he, trash about the, the, his other teammates. No, he started. He Atlas Mafia. No, he, he never campaigned against La Volpe. I don't know where you're coming from with this. No, he never campaigned no. against the coach. Yes, he did. No, and, it's one thing. It's one thing not to like a coach. They're obviously they didn't like each other, and that's I mean that's common knowledge. But it's for, but to, to ask for him. Wasn't to be that removed, what happened to Charlene Corral? But I mean, is that any different? Like the coach too. Uh, actually, Charlene, I don't think it's it's personal. See, with Guatemoc, it was personal uh, between him and La Volpe. Here, Charlene is saying, "Hey, you know, the, pro the prophet." Profes holding us back, but I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like it's personal, at least to me. Well, it is very much personal with you know Charlene and and, and Cuella. No, now, it's not. Now, now with Blanco, Blanco and La Volpe, <laughs> Blanco and La Volpe, their their beef goes back when when La Volpe was coaching America back in '96. Yeah, I know, and that's well, what I'm saying. Well, La Volpe that's did his, uh, his doggy celebration. He peed on the goal. No, 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 no. That was no. Uh, he did the uh, the lie lie down in front of him celebration. Yeah, he you know he was like, like fact, he was in Playgirl. I, I I have that uh, celebration <laughs> on my YouTube uh, uh, video. 
um, my YouTube account. You guys, you can look for it. But no, but the thing about it is, even when you know Blanco got snubbed off the team, obviously Blanco didn't like it. But he's not. He didn't call and he didn't write a letter. You know that you know that you know La Puente needed or La Volpe needed to you know to step away and and stuff like that. And that you know we're going backwards and. You know, you you guys could read her letter, dude. But Twitter wasn't big back then. He probably would have tweeted out some stuff, and because he was not La Volpe and stuff. But he, he he attacked them, dude. He attacked the team. He he attacked he the coach. Attack, he, 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 he didn't attack the, the players. No. He, Another he, he attacked the coaching staff. Mafia. He, he didn't attack. Hey, you know, he was looking for the fifth gunman with uh, Rafa's uh, wife. You know. <laughs> <laughs> no. no. That's he used, went full blown against they, the national this was, team. This, this he was desecrated the it by abandoning it during Confederations Cup, man. This yeah, was the, dude. Hey, he's on, made all on, the Burn. Burn. He has to be left out, and they left, and they gave him permission. Okay, but hey, Lavo, hey Blanco, and Blanco, you know, t- told us flat out. Blanco said that at the at the hotel, La Volpe had sent El Brody Campos to go to the hotel and to ask him, hey. Uh, what, what do you want? Do you want a player? Do you want to go? You have permission from from the guy up, you know, from from La Volpe. The man upstairs. <laughs> yeah. Well, he basically and La Volpe told he goes. Uh, Blanco told uh, Brody, well, you know what? I haven't had a vacation. I haven't had a vacation in five years. I think I'll take a vacation. That's fine. Now, one thing that uh, Blanco did expose was that uh, when this conversation happened, Pardo was in the room. And when they asked Pardo, Pardo didn't want nothing. He didn't want to answer this. Obviously, because Pardo and, and La Volpe go back, you know, they went back years. But uh, but as far as, you know, but, but going to back to the point is obviously, you, you know, we all knew that La Volpe and, and, and Blanco didn't, you know, didn't have, a, a, you know. Uh, there wasn't a corruption or a problem with a coach. He was doing everything right. He just chose, like. Chiquis Garcia, who didn't make any sense, and he was Blanco. Yeah. In this case. <laughs> and Suarez. Don't forget about Suarez. There's lies, and she's saying that there's vengeance on the on behalf of Cuellar. So yeah. that's, you know, messed up stuff, whereas he's not just, like, not calling certain players. Yeah. Sort of different. Now, if you no, guys, I, I, I don't want to rehash the whole La Volpe Blanco thing. You yes, guys, please, not. You, no, you guys can no, read What do you mean? You, are, you brought it up. Was yeah, that, you know, I didn't. You know. Yes, you did actually. <laughs> you did bring it. I have a winner, man. Okay. <laughs> hey. Wow. No, man. But here's the thing. I don't want to. I don't want to rehash that. But you guys can. You did a full three sixty on it. No, you guys can. Well, read, you guys can. Here's read. the biggest difference between the two situations. It wasn't just Charlene Corral who was upset with with Cuellar's style of play. There are other players who have spoken out against the way that they play. So. You know the the big issue is 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 that they play they might as well play, you know in a in a, in a locked closet because no one pays any attention to them until until it comes to these tournaments. They, he has no support. He has no nothing. We've talked about that. But you know maybe maybe it's time for if they do want to take that next step. It's not just a matter of finding a different coach. I mean they have to. I mean if they're really serious about women's soccer, which okay if you want to do it, great. Um, then you know set up a structure where you can. Start cultivating players, because right now the, the the biggest cultivator of players for Mexican soccer are are American universities. What about La Liga MX MX uh, Femenil? Yay! Yeah, that'll get great ratings. Where is it starting? <laughs> it's it's like there's only like four teams. <laughs> Wait, wasn't Chivas supposed to have one of those teams? Uh, there's a few teams I remember. 
Oh well, Chivas already has a, a women's team, don't they? Yeah, so they, they, played tonight, they played right now, right? Yeah. Are they in a relegation <laughs> battle, too? That's right. <laughs> Las chicas. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay, so my, my, my question to y'all, is, is Cuellar, is he done? Is this over for him, or is he, uh, will, he, will he be coming back? I, I think he should step down just so he doesn't become the story. Okay. But I don't but I don't think he, it's his fault. But so so I think that Charlene Cora was right there. Charlene Cora needs to lose weight, dude. <laughs> she said that baby fat. She's like, Jesus, dude, how can she be really a That's her that's a rel- she's playing for Levante, man. She's playing in Spain. And uh is the best she probably could have qualified them. Hey, está en Europa y tú no. My twitches, yeah. I know she. I need to get that sound. What's right. that? The the Neri Castillo. Neri? Yeah, you need that one. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, and the Chepo. Know. You need to add Chepo. Uh, lo importante es que tenemos salud. And that's another good one for you to have, John. Yeah, that would. Uh, I have to add those uh, as we as we continue. Anybody else? Coyard in or out? Joel in or out? I think he should be out. My next, my next question: Do you think that if he would have kept his his Mexifro, would would he have been in the same situation? Definitely not, John. I agree. I agree. I think that if he would have kept his Mexifro, then I think that he would have gotten much better results. <laughs> There's no question. I think think how much confidence he'd have, and how much and how, and how much of that confidence would be he exude onto his onto his players. Yeah, I just think he's been he's been there so long. Even if a lot of things are not his fault, they're going to be attributed to him. True. Yeah, it, it, he's, he's in a no-win situation. Okay, now we are we are going to wrap it up, but I do want to mention one thing about uh, the show we had last week. We had a bet between uh, oh. Fernando and, and Daniel <laughs> about the, the Santos-Monterrey match, and, and, and Fernando was so confident that his pandilla was going to win that he said, if, <laughs> you know, if... if, if Monterrey loses or ties, I'm gonna I'm gonna, I'm gonna pay, and he he he, he paid your, was gonna pay a premium, didn't happen. Santos won, so how was that twenty thousand dollar bet? Was that what it was, Dan? Twenty thousand dollars, twenty thousand big ones. I don't know how how it turned into twenty or two hundred dollars. Two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand dollar bet, and <laughs> he paid up today. You sent it to PayPal or a kidney, right? It was one or the other. I don't mind you stinking kidney. I'm just curious, you know, if you make the kind of transfer in PayPal, I mean, are, you, are we just laundering money? Is that what we're doing? Your firstborn? Yeah, no, second. Just oh my God. do that, dude. Well, I think that speaks very, very, very highly of your character, Dan, that you were able to make to to to, to make good on a on a lost bet. Well, it was a pleasure. I wouldn't I wouldn't call it a I wouldn't exactly pat myself on the back. I did a it did take me several days to actually create the PayPal account. Well, you don't to have pay, to let the people know that. To pay my boy. Oh no, no, no. I, I need I I want to be transparent here. Um, he I was about to send my the collection people for you, man. We see. I you know what? He cashed in a couple accounts on his uh his phone calls there. That's right. No, I was thinking no, but, that uh, you didn't want to come on the show because you knew that Santos was playing Pumas this weekend. You're like, man. If I lost well, last week, I'm going to lose again this week. It, it just compounded for Dan, dude, losing to America. You know, having to hear from me. I, and then I may have to boycott the next week if, if, if I mean, if I lose to the, if we lose to the Galaxy, then the Pumas. I mean, this is I might just just uh, 
But you know, that's a very good point. You know, you know, I, if uh, because they have the big game with the galaxy, they'll probably send an alternate squad against. Is Moment, that, so. that going to be on Suicide Watch? <laughs> we might need to Dan, te- take turns texting them every every hour. Dan, you should definitely bet. Uh, can I have you watch when you are dead? No, man, no more betting, dude. I, that's like the kiss of death for me. I should have known better. I've, I've I've never won a single bet a single time betting on my team. Whatever team that is, uh, I believe that. About you know, that doesn't surprise me. I'm surprised that the won. coach didn't blame you. It's lost. Yes, eh. He put the bad juju. Nos perjudicó. No, just, uh, I think uh, I just personally think that God, uh, God has a bit of a sense of humor watching me. He, he finds it funny watching me. Muy triste, so I'd rather not just uh, tempt fate anymore uh, from now on and, and just hold on to my money a little bit longer. That is a, a very, very <clears throat> honorable yet yet somewhat Chicken. sneaky way of getting out of betting. So I, I appreciate that. I'm not a big fan of betting for or against my team uh, either, uh, partially because of the same reason. I don't seem to do very well when I do that. Okay, so gentlemen. Yeah, you, you, you actually want to wanna win. There's no, no question. Yeah, go ahead, man. Play it. Play it. Play it. Don't, 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 don't let me stop you. No, no. I just, I, need, I forgot to. I need to, like, 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 cut a little bit. So I'll, I'll, I'll jump on <laughs> here in a second. But this week, but this weekend, uh, there's another big game between uh, Cruz Azul and America. So that should, and that's going to be played at, uh, is it the at the Azteca this weekend? Is that right? Uh, they played. Who did they play? They played. They tied against. Uh, yeah, at the Azteca. So it'll be at the yeah. So they were away. They were the Azteca. So yeah. that's that's a big clásico, joven. Joel, who wins? América Cruz Azul. Tie. Tie. Daniel, do you care? Honestly. Of course, I care. Um, Two-one win for América. Says América. Juan, does América beat Cruz Azul? Tomas Boy. Just, I just wanted to throw that out there because F, Tomas Boy. <laughs> Tomas Boy runs onto the field and he punches out uh, Nacho. Ooh, for nice. shits and giggles. Yeah. I mean, red cards. Albert, America win or lose? Cruz Azul win. What's going to happen? Cruz Azul wins. America gets two red cards and then goes down from there. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you're saying that this is the, the end of their season? <laughs> Another, another check day that bounce, huh? You're predicting the demise of America. Ronnie, who wins? Uh, America, the pressure. Cruzos, who has too much pressure right now going on? Yeah. Fernando, America, win or lose? Uh, Monterrey is going to beat Veracruz. Who? And, uh, <laughs> and uh, no, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> what's it called? Uh, Cruz Azul and uh, America, they're going to cross teams and tie. <laughs> I like that cross streams. I think you know it's it's uh it's gonna be a toss up, but uh, I'm gonna I'm picking the upset. I think Cruz Azul wins because the team that's gonna end up losing at the very end is gonna be America. They're gonna like the ultimate irony. They're gonna get they're gonna Cruz Azul out against Cruz Azul. That's what's gonna Folks, we've come to the end of uh, another edition of the Dos Acero podcast, the Yamerito production. Uh, please join us next week around the same time, uh, 10 p.m. Central, 9 p.m. Okay, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, and 7 p.m. Pacific. 
This is John Jagu. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, thank you, gentlemen, for joining us. And we will talk to you guys next week.